This is Trey Heath with uh, Michelle and Trey Real Estate, Derek Schaefer. We have a special guest tonight. We're three deep. We have more people sitting at this table than are in contention for the Supercross Championship right now. So, um, Derek, um, welcome to the uh, Beyond the Curve MX Podcast. By the way, I love the new banner. It's awesome. We're going to talk about uh, Denver, Mile High. We're going to talk about Pee Wee's. We're going to talk about concussions. We're probably going to talk a little bit about horses. Derek, I'm going to let you handle the introductions. Please introduce our guest tonight. All right. We've got Kevin Mead here, uh, another Moto Dad. I see him every every other weekend. Um, got a business just like just like the the platform that we're looking to build, um, a business, Moto Dad, living the, the amateur lifestyle. So everybody meet Kevin. Hi, I'm Kevin Mead, uh, Moto Dad. i got a little 50 rider in the area, Declan Mead. Um, yeah, it's good to be here. Where are you Where are you from? Where are you based out of? I'm based just north of Tampa in Lutes, Florida, okay. and I'm a farrier for a living. That's how the the horse relationship kind of comes in. Um, just yeah, plug yeah. along. So if you didn't watch, if you if you jump in a minute into the podcast, we actually talk about well, we're talking about skydiving. We talk about horses. My daughter's an equestrian. Uh, Kevin uh, is a farrier, so he shods shoes horses, which then if you're shoeing a horse, you're shotting them, which that English is tough to, yep. to grasp. So th- we have a connection, even though I don't have a peewee. My peewee's 20, almost 21. Yep. So uh, we don't have a connection on the track, but we have a connection with the fact that our lives intertwine on industries. So it's going to be awesome as we continue on this process of growing this podcast of who we sit down with and who we get at the table and tonight's our first guest tonight was actually going to be our wives but kevin had the opportunity to come tonight and our wives are so excited but the problem (laughs) is the problem Uh is they're excited but then my wife was like that just means i gotta wait till next week now so kevin we thank you because i love putting her under a little bit of pressure so (laughs) i like putting my wife under a little bit too yeah you have to let's Let's yeah. give a big shout out to um, JQC Con- or JQX Concepts. Um, they do wraps, custom vinyl. Um, he does some amazing work here in Lake Wales. Uh, he's actually talking to me about starting graphics. So I'm going to drop my bike off, and he's going to do some test runs and uh, get into the graphics world. Uh, actually, for us. Well, let's so, do. Let's. Awesome. Yeah. We will. We will work on that, and we will come to that. I just saw a post the other day about one of the graphics companies where a dude's been waiting for weeks just to get a proof. Yep. So until we f- get proof that this can be done, we're going to appreciate the work that he can do because we're not going to – we'll support this. We'll support yeah, no, what he, he – because he – I've seen his – I've seen some of the wraps he's done for yeah, cars he does, and he stuff. Does amazing yeah, yeah. work. He does a lot of the signage around yeah. the communities. Uh, he's from Frostproof area. He's right on 27. So um, you get a chance. We'll, we'll tag him in all the posts here this week and um, check out all his work. Yeah, but the sign, the sign is really cool. It's kind of neat to have – have new signage up and just keep rolling yeah. along. It'll be at all the races now, so try to get that word out there. Well, main thing is we we got to cover round sixteen. Yep, Denver. This should have been the coronation for two riders to kind of cement their history. One did. One may have cemented their history in another way. So, Derek, as we always do, unless you want to defer to the guest. Start us off with what your thoughts were with Denver, and All then right. we'll go to 250. I'll dig into it. The Mile High, the Mile High Coliseum. Yeah, 
it's always it's always a, a rough track for the riders. Um, I've never been in that situation. I've never rode out west where we're a mile high, you know, less horsepower, roughly what fifteen to eighteen percent less horse. Unless um, you had a Suzuki, it was only three. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> but the bikes, the bikes are they're screaming all the time. These guys can't breathe. It's 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 hard to ride in those conditions. I mean, I can imagine it's hard. Like I said, I've never rode in it, but I I know what it's like. We followed this sport for our entire lives. You really feel like you're running out of breath the whole time. Yeah, like, yeah. You just you put a can't put a towel over your face. Back. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there's there's times that I've rode sick. I've I've rode with pneumonia, and it's it's the same same situation. Um, it's it's rough on these guys. So we've seen a lot of injuries. We've seen a lot of wrecks. Um, the fatigue, maybe, maybe not. But um, it's getting to the end of the season. There's always always crashes. There's there's always somebody. You know, bouncing out of the, the the championship spots. There's 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 a lot of factors that play in right now. But I think this weekend was a a whole different scenario of what yeah. anybody expected. So, any 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 for you, Kevin? Any just like random thoughts before we dive into the heats? And- the biggest thing is just we had the most contenders stay healthy through the entire season yeah. to have it all unravel here <laughs> at the very end. Yeah. Yes. And and they all seem to happen when the tracks got hard. Yeah, you know that's yep. that's something they, I think that all year kind of progressed trying to put power to the ground. Mm-hmm. And now that the tracks are getting slippery and treacherous, and and the tracks weren't like gnarly necessarily, just slick, yeah. right? And and it's come up to to eat yeah. some people up. I think to add to I think to add to that point for me is I, I read a I read a piece about MXGP. They're missing, was it Febra? Uh, uh, they're missing two or three top guys right now that all crashed early in, before season or during season. 450 Supercross. And it's not one of those, like, I don't want to be that guy, but is it just the bike? Is it just too much bike? Like, why can't we just put the top guys on 250s and call it, call it good? We, we know the bikes I, have progressed over the years, like phenomenally and it it is those 450s they're, they're never going to use all that power ever i really think it's going to get to the point where we're like nascar where we're doing restrictor plates and yeah. stuff like that because the the jumps and the tracks are getting so gnarly mm-hmm. if you remember back to like the 80s and early 90s like that racing was so much fun to watch because yeah, yeah. there was five guys next to each other on every straightaway and they're all on the same bike and, i mean they, and, they don't have it might be different brands, but that bike is equal power to the next bike. I mean, these ones are too, but and, they're they're out of control. And now we've gotten so much technology, you know, all the ECU programming. We've got RPM dashboards. We're starting on greats. Like, we've taken yeah. this grassroots style of racing and really complicated it with a lot of technology. Yeah. yeah. And sooner or later, it takes the human element down a level, right? And it's... it's well, it's, and if you I, look... Speaking on that note, they have they have um, sensors on the suspension. They have sensors everywhere throughout the motor. They know how much airflow is going into that motor all the time. They know where they need to adjust. There's there's everywhere on that bike. There's sensors. There's sensors underneath the the front fenders, underneath the seats, underneath. They never had that before. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was actually going to bring that up. It was ironic to me, with all the carnage we've had. The science of Supercross this week was how much technology is in these bikes. <laughs> and I totally forgot that that's what the science and was, and what, here we are talking and, about And it was, the science of Supercross was literally everything they can 
maximized, yeah. and you're like, dude, these guys are asking for the bike to be turned down, and yeah. and there's not a 250 out. Jet was doing the same rhythm that the 450s were doing on a 250. Yeah. So if we if you go to NASCAR, Xfinity has some of the best racing with the package they have mm-hmm. versus NASCAR, the main series, and the people love the truck racing. The trucks are running, they're all running their own bodies, but they're all running an Ilmore engine. The one manufacturer makes the engine for trucks, yeah. and they're running some of the best racing. Yes, the got the quality of driver isn't always the best. But let's say you can run we'll still sell four fifties. We sell bikes that we don't they sell Tenere's, they don't race them because that's not their Baja bike or their rally bike. You know, why can't we race a two fifty I know that they're not gonna make three fifties, but why can't and I'm not being that guy. I don't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna limit but that gum man, we had it as you said, we had an awesome season. Until we didn't. And it's the first time in a long time that we've had a season like this. Yeah. It was deep. Yeah. yeah. The deepest we've seen in a long, and long it, time. It's been, it's been, I, last season was like kind of boring. I mean, I don't want to say it's boring, but it kind of was. And, you know, this season you're like on the edge of your seat every race. Now we, we, we you know, we've talked, there's, there's many motos or heats and, or heats and mains yeah. in, in this racing, but, that were you know it was just a race yeah but there's still there was still excitement and like last last year it was just you knew who won throughout the entire season you knew how the season was going to play out there was there was nothing like there is now and we've had this massive change of events and we haven't seen this in a long time this year we had three that were definitely the front runners but there was eight that could win every night yeah and we had how many different winners and usually usually when we see all these crashes it's the beginning of the season they'll get knocked out the you know one through three rounds and this year we had a lot of the top contenders running up until you know round 15 16 that's it's it's wild, it, it, and it's been a wild season. And now for it to all unravel all at once, it's and, and the, it's exciting. But yeah, and the sad part to me is is it was so deep, and now it's like super shallow. Yeah, it really affects motocross. It does. Yeah. Like motocross is and, not going to be exciting, and the world supercross, right? Yeah. Like yeah. now you might have some guys go toy with that because they aren't going to do the whole motocross season. Yeah. I just saw today Roxon signed for twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five. For he was doing a motocross, he's decided I'm going to go do world supercross. Well, it's because they're offering so much money. It's yeah. hard to turn that kind no, of dollar yeah, away. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't get us. If we all had the opportunity in our professions to be contracted for that kind of money we would go i think part of it's about maintaining um a ride through the sport you know long, yeah. uh, maintaining a longer career yeah. that's but, that's the move that roxon is making but roxon has always been about diversity too he he we, we've talked in a few episodes back how he's not just a he's a phenomenal rider no matter what aspect yeah it, you watch him at he's he's done some of that stuff for like red bull imagination and he can do just about anything and he, he's just phenomenal at everything he does and Roxon's the kind of guy that now he's not bound down by Honda and, you know, them throwing their fits together. I think he wants to stay diverse. And I, I love to see what Roxon does because, he's all, like I said, he's always doing something of that nature. Yeah. And it, it's really exciting to watch him do And I'm normally up on this stuff, but who is he riding for at World Supercross? Is he doing the I same deal where he part. has to find... 
a team to be on because that's that's part of the World Supercross deal. Is yeah. You have to be on a team. Yeah. Yeah. But Are they I'm just going to place him like last year and screw all the other teams over? But <laughs> wouldn't you think, though, because HEP, which is the, what are they called, in the World Supercross, they have a team. Yep. And he's he's gelled with that bike. They've got it. And they've got a number of them already placed yeah. Yeah. on that team. And I don't think that they're going to let him go. Like, no. I, th- I, think, I think after, now that they've got a premier rider like that, I don't think that they're going to let that opportunity slip through their hands because they watched what HRC did to him. Well, and look at that whole team, right? Yeah. Chisholm's come into his own a a lot better this year. He's been doing a ton of testing for that team. He has been wore out testing for them guys. And we've talked about that before. Look at McArath this weekend, right? Super clean ride. His best all season given the, the, the low field. But... He rode smooth and consistent, yeah, right? Yeah. That team's yeah. really come, and I, I to think the own. team the team is jiving. You know what I mean? They, they've got the they've got the riders. They've got a team now. It's yeah. not a it's not a I don't want to say like a I don't even know the word I'm looking for. They're vibing. They're vibing. Right yeah, now. They're just vibing. say that they're vibing. They're not they're not clashing. They're not nothing like that. The whole team is on the same page of yeah. trying to progress, yeah. trying to yeah. make this work. And for I, and the future, I, and I think with which, Rocks in there, it, it's helping a lot because he's a very skillful rider. I think most of it comes from these are our veteran riders. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. There's yep. no youth, right? Or I shouldn't say no youth, but right, like they in they've kind of terms. been there, done that, yeah. and and are all working toward that longevity in yeah. the sport, right? Look at how long Chisholm's been at it, bro. And <laughs> let's also think about this too. In the next few years, we have Triumph. We know Triumph's going with, oh, what's his name, Dad Gummit. They, they, but he, they're they're taken. But you have Beta or Beta, however you say it. There's Ducati's talked about having a. T- there's if Dustin, as a team manager, team owner, kind of plays his cards right. Whatever happens with Suzuki, mm-hmm. there is going to be some sort of factory support coming his way. He's now not only in Supercross, he's in motocross he's in world supercross they've had success and that name's getting out there so in the business sense which is part of our focus yeah. that business sense he's like hey we'll just stack it we'll just keep stacking if it's suzuki fantastic i can i can rewrap this semi oh my god yeah four different ways yeah we'll take whoever so beta also is building i'm i'm actually kind of shocked i just saw the betas putting their they're putting their distribution center in California. They're a European brand. I thought they might be more East Coast, but they're they're going to California. So I'm kind of shocked that he's you a, have to. He's yeah. a California guy too. That's where it all happens. Yeah, but him. Yamaha's their their whole they have half their stuff now in Georgia. Yeah, but they they were also they, originally California, and yeah. they so, still have a headquarters. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, once, you're going to have both, but you can't. Have when you one. get to that size, and then you start branching off. I mean, if I had the opportunity to buy the goat farm, I think I would too. No, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not even talking about the yeah, goat farm. Yeah, I know I'm what you're talking about. about yeah. the, but but they, they now have the option to... Where HEP, I don't think that they're at that... They're, they're a big team, but I don't think they're at that level yet. And that comes into, like, tax reasons and, yeah. like, business yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Like, why they're they're moving out of California and nobody can blame them for that. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's good that we're getting these brands. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to 24, 25, kind of see what these other brands and, do does it knock someone out and i'll pull the elephant in the room you know 
what about electric bikes? Right? That's coming. It's coming. It's yeah. coming, and man. It's coming yeah. hard. You're talking about all these different brands, right? That's coming. That's yeah. gonna be your restrictor plate, and, and right? With with we got Stark that just, just dropped their, their bike. Finally. And yeah. Once you know, once that thing takes off, it's do we see Alta coming back, you know, those 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 type of bikes that was was it Roxon it wasn't Roxon. Who ran it in straight rhythm that time? A oh, few Alta? years back, they ran the uh, Ultra. Josh, Josh Hill. Oh. One of the hills. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that bike was phenomenal, straight rhythm. Yeah, he didn't get real high, but it was a lot of it was the rider. Yeah. And then electric bike. They're not used to it, but they're they're going to make a big scene in this, this industry soon. And, yeah. I mean, us as the, the Pee-wee Motor Dads, I mean, we, we already have the e-bike classes. So, and they, they're big, and they're growing, and they're growing... Big time. Well, I mean, the, the KTM Junior Challenge is all electric. Yeah. Well, I, and it's because that's a really selling model. Yeah. Why? Because it's low maintenance, man. Yeah. You, Move the you chain. get you get somebody new into the sport, right? Their first interaction with a dirt bike, they've got to change oil, figure out how to clean an air filter, you know, do all these things. You know, on top of motors, there's no maintenance to an electric bike. I mean, yeah. I think I, I look at it this way: my mother-in-law, who hasn't been on a bicycle is asking me questions about e-bikes and she wants to get an e-bike and it's like wait a second like this is actually happening i can't i can't imagine going to a race and listening to are you gonna hear chains it's it's definitely weird and dade city this weekend it was so it's always screaming and you know yelling and then e-bike class starts and there's nothing and you hear the announcer once in a while and and what's cool about it, right, like on a training aspect with my son, I'm able to tell him three things in one corner rather than one. Yeah, and screaming right? at the top of your lungs yeah. to get it there. Now I can just yeah. talk to him when he goes by me, yeah. right? It's phenomenal that way. And then all, while they're racing, they can all hear everyone cheering. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. weird, <laughs> but it's cool fun at the same for time. them, yeah. And, you know, like we've, we've talked about going that route. I've talked with you, and we're, we're very adamant about pushing that route now but the they're making a, a big entrance and they have their place right you yeah. know uh, i don't think that they have a place with like a trail rider family because no. you can't hear them you don't know where they yeah. were right they don't last long enough um you know and, and the power delivery is totally different i don't think they replace a, a motor driven bike I agree. Um, they're just a good secondary teaching tool yeah. but it's definitely not a first um, thing and I don't think that that will get replaced if that made sense they yeah. fit a certain niche need and and outside yeah. of that it's not not so much right so I don't think it's ever going to replace motor driven bikes in, in our no. sport well it's like you see it you see it motor racing car racing they now have the hybrid technology all the cars now are having the hybrid boost. Mm-hmm. There is the Formula E series, and yes, they go to all these exquisite places, but it's still it's nothing. But if you look at Formula One, they're they're forty five percent of power on hybrid. IMSA has hybrid technology. NASCAR is talking about putting hybrid technology. IndyCar in twenty twenty four will be adding a hybrid. So they're all adding it, but we all like the sound. There's nothing like going to Indy 500 and listening to them warm up in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. There's nothing like listening I mean, to those cars. We all miss two strokes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing yeah. like two stroke pre you know, in race gas. You know, yeah. I had Bean Oil back in the day. Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> the smell of glory. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's an up and coming thing. It's gonna, of course, it's gonna come into the sport. Period. Yeah. It's a, it it's already made its introduction here, and it's gonna grow. So it, I, it's gonna play a factor into things. I would love for them to make the futures class more of a one twenty five class. It's just that they can't yeah. get the two strokes into California. Yeah. yeah. And and they refuse to give up the the Anaheim round of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Tough. I I agree. I think that's a that's a platform that has been lost, and you see it over in Europe. Still, they're they're doing it, and um, I think that's a great a great learning curve. But I can't imagine. I mean, I started off at thirty years old on a one twenty five because I'd never ridden before, and I'm like, I, I don't want to kill myself. I love riding one. Yeah, it's like yeah. Dull. That's fun. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than yeah. ringing a one twenty five's neck off. Yeah. You know? and they're the easiest thing to take care of. Yeah. So easy to take up. Cheap, efficient. I'm not. I am not mechanically inclined, and I changed the top end on my 125. Four strokes yeah. have made the sport really challenging to afford for a lot of people, yeah. and it's it's way more money, way more stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. And that's what that's kind of where our podcast stemmed from was you know the business of what supports what we do, especially what we do, and you know with with the kids, it's with the kids, it's even more expensive just because it's bike after bike after bike. Then we're we're lugging the kids, we're buying toy haulers, we're I mean, you're in it just as deep as me, and that's why you're here. And we 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 know what it's like. It's it's bought a motorhome this year. Yeah, it's stressful. Six bikes deep. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. You know, and, and C50 is not going. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> not cheap. Barrels of it already. Yep. All right, we're gonna probably continue that part on. We got to get into some of the race. Yeah. Yeah, we can hit the race. All right, two fifty. We Denver Supercross round sixteen. This is the coronation of Jet. Hunter's won his championship. Now it's time for Jet to win his. So let's go. 250 Heat 1. What do, what do we got for notes? 250 Heat 1 is all right. We uh, we jump in there. Max Bolin, right off the bat, just about goes over the bars. Um, he's been he's been making so much progress over the year or, or over the, this season. And then that that was a, a little scary moment, but he's he's still he come back from it. Um, Derek Kelly, you know, talking about lower level riders, was looking really really good yeah. out there. And I was I was impressed with his ride, and you know Levi Kitchen went out did what did what he's been doing all season. Why was he wearing a over the top chest protector? Is that a is that a thing he's done all season or is it? I don't uh, think the past couple rounds. I think he's yeah. I don't know on. if it's just an uh, injury. Maybe I uh, think a big push for him is the the swap over to Pro Circuit next year. I think that yeah. kind of like breathed some life back into him, and he was coming out hard pressing. Yeah. Okay, so we, he went. Let's hit that. There's a there was a lot of talk. I heard rumors Volan to Star. Correct. I've heard Shimoda to to one of the Austrian brands, but there's no way that Japan is going to let Shimoda. So now I've heard Honda. I've heard Levi. I didn't hear Levi going to. He's going to PC. He's going to PC. He's going to PC. Which will be fantastic because poor, poor, poor. Pro circuit. They need, Mitch. They Mitch has had struggle after struggle yeah. after struggle, and I really think that that gives him a good, solid podium yeah. contender next year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good switch. I don't think Levi was happy at at Star. I, I just something didn't gel there. He's not. A, right? he's, but he's he's not a Florida guy. He's a West Coast guy. Well, but like, I think that that program works for some of those guys, yeah. and some of those guys, for whatever reason, it doesn't necessarily fit their wants and needs out of training and I think that the swap to PC with the pressure that Mitch provides yeah. um, will really drive him to 
to be a serious podium contender. Next I think year that bike plays a, a big part contender. of it too. It does. That for me, I cannot ride a Yamaha. They're too wide. I'm I'm too small of a guy to fit on the Yamaha correctly. No, they're, they're narrow now. Not enough. Not enough. I rode yours. They're, right, they're, yeah, they're still they're still a wide bike. They they have a totally different they feel to them. They power. Yeah, they they all got their their pros yeah. and their cons. And I, I think uh, some of these guys like at that level, it's different. But and he's a narrow guy. If you watch him on interviews, he's not he's, he's not a, a big he's a guy. small yeah. kid. And I'm small too. You know, yeah, and if you're not jiving with a bike, you're not gonna. Yeah. You can ride well, but you could excel other places. And Kawasaki has always been comfortable for me. They're they're a, a very comfortable bike. Same, a very uh, skinny. I've always been narrow. a Cowie Honda guy. Yeah, yeah. Hondas kind of sit a little bit low. Um, the the Austrian bikes are kind of skinny and taller feeling. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to ride a Honda a couple months ago. My buddy's uh, off road. He's got a 250. What do they call theirs? CRF. CRF. Yeah, but the off-road version. The of X. It, yeah. The X. Yeah. And that is the most... I've only ridden Yamahas. I hopped on that bike, and I was like, wow, this thing's really comfortable from yeah. the get. Like, I was like, whoa. They are. This is what this bike... This, I was like, wow. And it's stock. It's stock with his stuff on it. Yeah. I was like, this bike is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, like, the swap to Showa is a little bit different there. That's mm-hmm. a little bit different. Yeah. Um, like when you get working into setting up your own suspension, that's a thing. Um, but like, man, there's not much like a Honda man. No, ditching that Unicam was yeah. was a big move for them. And can and we can we get past the point that there's weaker bikes now? The Honda and Kawasaki and the KTM brand they've caught up. The brand, the there's oh, it. It's fairly level, even yeah, with the yeah. old Suzuki man. Like I know it's the kid start thing, right? Yeah. They're really they're not, just hyping that up. Uh, I think some of it is there, but like it's really not that far behind. I mean, what we're riding on, you know, three years after a date is full A kit suspension. You know, like things yeah. have progressed up so much that there's not that much difference. Hmm. It's it's preferences, yeah. like you said. I interrupted you. Any more notes on Heat 1 for you? No, that's really all I got. I mean, we were... What about you? Yeah, I, I was just really impressed with Levi Kitchen, man. Yeah. Um, it, he showed ride. tenacity, like, right? He's hungry for it rather yeah. than yeah. just letting it go by. Yep, and I, that's what we've noticed with him as the, the second half of the season progressed. He's, he's really out there digging for it, so yeah. I'm happy with the way he's riding. And I, I do think this, this pro circuit move is going to be big for him. I think next year he's going to show a lot. There's going to be a lot of him, you know, RJ Hampshire. It's going to... It's going to be a good season, the 250s, I believe. Yeah. yeah. The only note I had, and it was just one of those things I kind of noticed watching, since we're watching with intent now versus just being a fan, I really liked that there were so many different options in the rhythm lanes. There were guys doing inside, outside, yeah. railing versus singling to over table. Like, there was a lot of different rhythms, and I noticed that right off the get-go. It was a well-built track yeah. for being as hard-packed as what yeah. it was. And it, they, they it could develop their lines. It developed yeah. really nicely, yeah. it seemed. It was definitely um, a hard track. Like, But it was, like, mitigating risk. I yeah. think that yeah. was what made them choose different lines, yeah. was mitigating risk. And I noticed that literally on the first gate, 250 heat one, I was like, Wow, there's actually some variety, and that was the 250 guys, and not all the top guys. It was guys just kind of feeling their way around, mm-hmm. which leads us into 250 heat two and having to use those alternative lines. Go first. Yeah, go. Ahead. Uh, I was um, really blown away um, that 
Jet jumped in there and fell off of that start. I couldn't believe that he pushed that hard in yeah, on just a heat wheel. race. Yeah, right. And like it's a heat race. Like you need to to calm down. Like you know that you're going to motor through those guys, yeah. right? And it was so slick that everybody was pushing wide on that start. You know that they're going to come over into you. It just, uh, I think through the night, as it progressed, he really calmed that back down, yeah, especially yeah. after going back and talking to the team, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of um, put things in check. Um, it, it was really good to see um, Mumford, like, really fighting for yes. that slot, right? Yes. It's yeah. a fill-in ride attack, right? That's the type of stuff that Mitch likes to see, right? And that's that's what you're there for. You're there to compete, to push the limits, and get it done. Yeah. And and that was really, really good to see. Yeah. And it, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with Jet. Um, as we know, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jet. I, I, I love what the, his riding style, but to, he should be in full, you know, full championship mode. So th- there should have been a lot of slack right there, because yep. he could have messed up everything. Patience. Right there. Yeah, what patience. about when when they're falling, and we watched this I think three or four times. His hand, had the hand not gone through the bike, got stuck in that wheel. Yeah, broke it. I- I'm like, dude, like this is you're literally you're you're 15 minutes away from mm-hmm. glory, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and how he, easy is that to do? Right? Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. Look at Tomac. I mean, it, yeah. the, the slightest thing can happen, and I think, like you said, you get back to the truck. I think there was a good talk because yeah. he he was pushing way too hard when there was absolutely no need to push at all. He, I he, mean, I told Michelle, I said he should just let the gate drop, let everybody go, and see how many guys he can pick off. He's going to catch on pretty much every one of them. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, he had to just finish the race, and he wins. Like yeah. it's yep. it's it's like just don't worry about it. You'll you'll get top nine. Yeah. Yep. I mean, his whoop speed, that was one of the things. I'm watching whoop speed, and I'm like, holy moly. Like, mm-hmm. whew. And, and you could tell that they were all trying to be super <laughs> quiet through the whoops, <laughs> right? Because yes. you could see them wheel spin and then miss a couple, right? Yeah. And it got they heart rate slick. spiking, right? All those types of things. I think um, going back to Mumphy, um, he kind of rode looking backwards rather than forward yep. after yeah. a minute, right? Yeah. Like, he proved that he could be there, and then he was just really worried about Enzo. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm and, in agreement with that, because when he <sighs> he gets up to the lappers, and that's where Enzo showed his showed his more uh, veteran skill set, because he, he took that opportunity when he made that pass on Mumford. Yeah. And Mumford should have known to block that off, but obviously with the, not rookie, but rookie enough, and and Enzo, I don't think has the racecraft that Mumphy has. Yeah, but he's got more raw speed right now. So yeah. all Mumphy had to do was just look forward, and it wouldn't have been a thing. Yep, he's racing behind him. Yep, and, and you got to race forward. And we've talked about that hundred times. I, I teach my kids that you got to look forward. Don't look at me. Don't look who's beside you. Don't look backwards. Just follow what's in front of you. And I think I think that could have changed the race a lot. But because of that, the, the lapper slowed him up. He got in his own head. Yep. Uh, Lopes seen it, and he took full advantage. And I will say, I, I also feel like Lopes is being groomed by Phil mm-hmm. Nicoletti. And Phil is a tough New Yorker guy. And you have Latin American, I'm going to get what I'm going to get. I used to coach him. I used to coach Latin Americans. They are a different culture. 
thing. Yeah. Very, very different culture. It, pa- the passion. I see something I want. I've never had it. I'm going to go get it. I'm also being coached by this guy who hates me but loves me. So he has to. Yeah. So, so like, there, there's like a double thing going on there. Yeah. I, I was super proud for Lopes. I mean, that you can see the culmination of this kind of coming throughout the year. Uh, also proud of Oldenburg. Like, yeah, me what a, too, what man. A great that was on my notes. Yeah. Was a it was sneaky. Like, it was so quiet. They yeah. didn't show him on the broadcast at all. But if you watch his lap times, he was just smooth and yeah. consistent yeah. through it all. Just nice, nice, solid ride. And, yeah, and I would I say, like, there's not a lot of as much as there has been in the 450. The 250 class is kind of what the 250 class has been. Yeah. And it was kind of good to see some of these guys kind of get up in the mix and. Like you said, I think I think Mumphy's solidifying himself. Oldenburg, he's always going to do Oldenburg things, but this was a great ride. He lacks the raw speed. Yeah, he really needs to go home and work on those sprint laps, you know, and mm-hmm. and pushing that envelope because that's what progressed Enzo this year. Do we you look Olden- at Enzo last year? Yeah, it was the same thing, right? Now he's pushed that up and elevated that. But it's also, I, I'm. I'm We'll get into this maybe later, but I'm not one of those. I don't think you need to train with 17 people, but if you can push yourself. But Enzo has been able to train with you. Look at the guys he's getting to train with. Those guys are pushing him every single day. There's a great amateur program up there at at their facility. Their pro team's good. Who's Oldenburg training with? Maybe we need to send him back to Texas to make him start building fences again and see if that'll (laughs) clean him up. I mean, maybe he needs to start training with Cartwright. You know, I. But he needs, yeah. like you said, he needs a little bit of that push. But yeah, he's he's good. It was it was. I was proud of those. I guys think he's just it. always been in a tough spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like he's the working man. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, and he goes in there, he gets the job done. He never quits. He's solid. It's just lacking that raw speed. Yeah. Just needs a shove. So how do we feel about Lopes? Like he got his first heat victory, and I always go back to Michael Essie crying on the podium, getting a heat, and everybody made fun of him. To me... It's an emotional moment. I feel like that's a culmination. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, to me, it's like that guy, he didn't know what to say. It shows your passion for the sport. And anybody that's raced to any kind of level knows how hard you work for things, right? But most never get to that point, right? Like, And to be able to stand up there with that, yeah. No, it's... It's raw emotion, man. I mean, yeah, it's it's pure. Like the that that's what you that's what you strive for. Maybe it, maybe it's just a heat to to some people watching, but they literally. I mean, if you look at our level of racing, like what we give up for our kids to get that to get yeah. that win. So this is what they do for a living. They literally they've, give up everything. They've to, given up their. You know their lives. Their, yeah. their livelihood this, right? has changed. I mean, he moved from Brazil to come here to follow a dream. Anybody that's raced knows how many years of work for the hope to make it yeah. to that yeah. level, right? And it's still a hope at that point, yeah. right? And had he said what he wanted to say, they would have had to edit it off TV. <laughs> I'm sure because he will drop the f bomb yeah. faster than anybody. He will. So he might get that, a bit of that from Phil. Yeah, the fact that he held his tongue and just couldn't think of the right words. I just I, – I don't I, – I get a little tired of the general public saying, dude, it was just a heat race. Yeah, man, 
it's a heat race. It's it's still big. Like yeah. it's still big. I can tell you right now, Moran's when he got the whole shot in the heat race, he could have parked it after the first corner, and he would have been a happy finishing twenty second. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's just on where you are. But uh, so that was two fifty heats. Nothing drastic happened, minus Jet's little kerfuffle there at the beginning. But then he qualifies in. We can still do the coordination. So we get to four fifty heat one. Go. Four fifty heat one was just kind of. Kind of a heat. I, I mean, I felt like that was both 450 heats. Yeah, to be they, honest, they there really wasn't that much action. Yeah, Rawson takes of them. the win. Carnell actually transferred into the main and not going to the to the LCQ. But I really have. I was impressed special. by Colt Nichols. Right, yeah. like yeah. comes out like racing. Colt Nichols been putting in good rides. Man, like lately. he's really been impressive this yeah. year for like his, you know, main year stepping up, doing all that stuff. He's been really, really good this season and pretty darn consistent. Yeah, um, and he's a good-looking man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can't go wrong with a Colt forty-five nickname, you know. By uh-huh. the way, since since we don't have a lot, how about Suzuki, Chisholm, and Roxon with the whole shots out of the gate? Like, yeah. I mean, hey, who, they may have to kickstart him, but boy, they can get out of the gate because that was that was Suzuki front row right Both there. Both of them can ride. Yep. Period. Um. I think the only thing I have for Heat One, it was great to see some other names up front. I thought that was cool. That was. The whole 450 class has been decimated, but it's cool to see. It gives these guys a chance to shine. To make and, a name, yeah. yeah. And also the last thing I had was, man, just by we'd only had two heats, we're in 450 heat one, and I was looking at the whoops and Michelle and I both looked at one and I goes, are those concrete? The whoops look like concrete. Yeah, they were solid. Oh. All the 450 guys talked uh, about like, Going through third and just idling through, mm-hmm. right? And any time they got into it, they just wheel spin or skip across yeah. a few and get yeah. get scared. Um, they were wicked. Yeah, I mean we've seen we've seen some gnarly whoops this year, like big. But these things these things were pretty moderate, but they were hard as a rock. I'm about it. If if we make you know these things super daunting and challenging, like they once were. Yeah, whoops yeah. used to be way gnarlier than what yeah. they are now, right? And if we do that, they'll back the power back down because they need to make it rideable, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's why so many of these guys want things detuned. I mean, look at Chisholm last year riding basically a stock bike with yeah. some power sucked yeah. out of it, right? It didn't have power added to it. It was sucked out. No, Chisholm, Chisholm's been one of those point blank tell you, I run pump gas. Yeah. yeah. I run pump gas. Like, I don't need anything else. So, you guys didn't have much for Heat 1. Heat 2... How about the Denver crowd loving some Eli? That, Holy that's, cow! That's literally like all I've got. That, oh my god! They were that. I I've been to Supercross. I've heard yeah. the fact that you could hear them over the announcers was amazing. You, you could yeah. barely hear Ricky talk, and that that was awesome. You know, I've been to countless Supercross races. You know, I can't count on my fingers how many races I've been to, but it's it's always loud. But that was. When, when impressive, it, yeah. When when yeah. the mics on the on the cameras suck in all that, and they're sucking that in in the booth, yeah, you know it's deafening. And that booth's enclosed. Yeah, it's not one of the that's old school saying. stadiums. It's, it's a yeah. it's a sound booth. I yeah. mean, that's what it's designed for, and it's you could hear them through that. It was impressive. It's cool. The only note I had was, good lord, did Tomac and Sexton just leave everybody? Like, was there anybody else in this race? Sexton was moving. Like, like, and. And Setson knows the job that he has to do at that point, yeah. right? Like, he's motoring out. The The one thing that always bums me out about this is, like, 
Eli's not worried about Chase. No. Right? No. And, and, you know, Stewart commented about that, you know, time and time again, right? All season, right? Eli is not scared at Chase. He needs a little bit of that Cooper Webb in him where yeah. he's going to get in there and show you the business. Yeah. Not to the point of knocking him down, but to show some fear. And yeah. and that's just lacked. But yeah. those dudes checked out. I, th- I mean, I Chase is raw speed. If they the championship gone. was a little bit, you know, if the tables were turned on the championship, uh, Tomac's still not a, he's not a shover by any means. He, he rides solid. Yeah. But I think... I think if the tables were the opposite way, you might see. But Chase is more protective about Eli than yeah, Eli is about Chase. Exactly. You might you might see a, a different Eli where he starts pushing and shoving a little bit, you know, on, on Chase. But I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I don't think they're going to ride like that. I think that they're both riding and racing clean. But Eli's not scared of Chase when he comes in on no. him, right. No, no, no. He's still going through the corner with yeah. speed, yeah. which. I mean, why is Barsha so good at passes, right? Because he's going to shut you down and make it to where you can't come back to him. Well, yeah. if you look at the top four guys... If and you most look people at, get nervous when Barsha comes around. Yeah. yeah. And Tomac, Sexton, isn't that way. Huh. Tomac, Sexton, Cooper, and Roxon. They could go an entire series and never touch anybody. Until you get to Barsha, that's where you get in. Barsha, Barsha Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> but, like, Cianciarello, he's not going to touch anybody. No. He, he doesn't want to. So, like... Those top four guys, there is a, hey, I also think it's the chip on the shoulder in different of Barsha. I think they have the chip on the shoulder of, I'm the best. I don't need to touch you. I think it's you. how they came up racing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's just a different, different mentality. Different riding styles. It's, it's a mentality difference, yeah. right? And, like, you either have that or you don't. Yeah. And as a side note on the seat, because, like you said, they just kind of happen. We've got to give a little shout-out to Justin Hill. Dude has put in put in some great rides all season. He's taking a benefit of what's happening. Gets a third in the heat and just like no big deal. And he looks good on the bike. I mean the guy the guy has style for days anyway. Yeah. But he looks good on the bike. Yeah. It it's honestly surprising with that program that they put together, you yeah. know, and, and he's doing really good with it, man. So I enjoyed it. We made it through the heats. Before we get any further, Kenny's gear, FXR's gear and fly all had purple is there something going on in denver that brand brand asked me the same thing because the the new a star boots coming out were purple yeah that's their new lightning gear whatever they want to call it but that's she's like is there is there a, 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 a are the denver nuggets purple is there a style tonight i'm like no i i think it's just it just happened like they, coincidence they set those things out like months yeah. in advance right so like two brands coming out with the same thing like that yeah. doesn't really happen because that was weird like there was like but all purple gears you have alpine stars they want to coordinate and do yeah. that with alpine stars yeah. and that you see that stuff happen sometimes because it was wild i was like i haven't seen this much purple gear in a long yeah, time it's just kind of coincidental type of stuff i mean they're it's you know they, they all have to showcase their gear at the and, same time and the fly but, gear was too purpley for me it was very i did not I, I i can't imagine those the 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 numbers the the sublimated gold numbers on the back yeah. i feel like and i'm sure everything's modern now i think about when i was a kid wearing yeah. my soccer jersey and having that number stick on the back like well yeah. they're all dye sublimated for the pros yeah. so they're it's just the fabric it's just yeah, printed in it. you don't feel anything there's nothing there it's just the color. It of the just fabric. looked that that yeah. gold yeah. with the purple. I'm like, yeah. this is a little different. Hey, look, there we go. Question and professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
we're gonna dive in. We made it through the heats. Track is concrete. RC even talked about traction. Um, then for the LCQs, they groomed the track. The track actually looked pretty good. Obviously, it was honestly it looked like one of the California test tracks with the groove line. I was amazed the groove line. They could kind of hop into that line, and there was there was no berm, but there was a berm. Yeah, there was, there was enough to, to yeah. hold a sidewall. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much what they rode on. And getting jumping into the 250 LCQ, Hunter Yoder was putting in some serious oh, moves. Man. After after going down with Jet, he was in that Jet kerfuffle there um, in the or in the heat, and then that kid was riding. Like, he's he's progressed so yeah, much this season. I enjoy watching I, him. Ride. I don't I don't know what happened between the two previous seasons, but he's actually progressed yeah. mid season this year, which is cool to see. Yeah, I want to like him. I want to like because he was one of those kids that kind of got shoved aside when the whole Geico Honda yeah. thing yep. happened, and he's kind of yeah. like you said, he's kind of been wandering. Yeah, because yeah, he was he was riding amateurs for for Amsoil, the Geico yeah. Honda team, and then you you didn't hear really anything. I mean, you heard about him, but you didn't. And then he's he's kind of making his comeback now, and he's really putting his his foot down and but, making a statement at this point. Those his, are the guys that got screwed by that yeah, late yeah. coming out of yeah, that, right? Yeah. It wasn't really the pros. The pros were going to find a spot. It's the AMs that yeah. that really got but he the did, short stick. He made some moves in that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, was watching. Awesome. Like, he was in ninth, and all of a sudden he was in third. And I went, what happened? Like, it was like one lap. I was, I was really bummed by Slosher. Oh, I've got yeah, dude goes for the transfer spot and puts it on the He had the speed. To pass two or three of them guys, yep. if he was just patient. Yeah, come on, man. They, they just they, it's the LCQs. So they they shove their way in. I, I, adrenaline, but we're the, at altitude. Yeah, the track slick. Calm You're, down. Just chill, man. Yeah. So I have to say, you'll you'll understand. You don't know the battles I've been battling. I I, I learned to ride, and then I've been relearning how to ride. Mm-hmm. And my note for Slosher, you'll appreciate this. I know how Schlosser feels <laughs> because I've been working on staying centered on the bike and rotating the bike versus my body. And Michelle and I are watching, and she's like, oh, no, because we also play fantasy. Same. She's like, oh, no. And so I'm like, hold on. We have to rewind that. We rewound it. We watched it again. I'm like, we watched it again, and she's like, that's what you do because <laughs> he got his weight off to the right yep. and the bike started going and that, the front end washed and I'm like that's what we're trying to finish maybe your wife should have been on tonight <laughs> yeah. so, so that you've been feeling, in trouble that, that feeling and she's like that's what you look like that's what happens that's what happens and so like when that happened to him I was like that's what I'm battling right now and I understand exactly what he felt and you feel so badly because it means Everything to yeah. these guys, but he knows better. Yeah, he he knows better, and he knows if You've he would have just... enough LCQs yeah. Yeah. by this point to know you have plenty of time left. Yeah, his balance started going though two whoops before the end. I, I the fatigue set in yeah. for those guys pretty hard. Yeah, definitely. And then, but but to me, that's more of a reason to let it play out because you know you're going to get them. Yeah. Just yep. I, I, that's why I, I think the. The men, we can't see that mentality. I mean, as a racer, we can, but that racing is a different style of racing. And you know, much the, more intense. But I, I think he yeah. should have just. And one of the down. goals of this podcast is that we want to learn that. I want to go talk to those guys that are thirtieth in the night and 
that they're making mains or they're making night shows and not because I want to know that mentality of one, why the hell are you doing this? Two, what do you see yourself doing? Those kind of nights where you're on the bubble, like that—that's the kind of stuff because your kids, not me, but your kids may at some point decide if they ever get to that point they're good enough, they may want to try it, and you're like, why? Like I, no. It, it, why? No. And, not at all. <laughs> We're racers. <laughs> no. I agree. If you say why, you gave up already. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. push the envelope and go. Yeah. But I want I want that answer because I, I dealt with that in the tennis world of I had guys that were good enough to go pro. They were good enough. But they also knew the 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 con the, the problem, so they decided to go the professional route with business versus pros so well, look at my shoes i broke yeah. how many bones in my life that's where i was and, going and you've asked me why you still do this because that's all i know that that's what i know i've broken everything yeah right agreed and i've only just now crossed this page where he i don't know is past it yet but where i don't need to go out and ride my brains out we just right? talked we just talked he, about he's this he's not there yet We're, i know ah! that's my point we just talked about this last week <laughs> i know <laughs> i said and you've listened yeah i mean you listen to all these and I, I i finally hit that point where i'm at dade city even this week and i'm like they did change that track up i'm like yeah. that would be cool to ride that but mm. but i didn't i didn't feel the need to get on my bike at How all about ride it versus Right, because there's there's a difference. There there's is. a big That's difference, it. massive so, difference. Would you go out and I have, ride it? I I am at the point now, and you both would be proud that I I feel no no urge to race. I don't want to line up. Like I watched no. these kids. Dade City was a mess this weekend, it and we'll, we'll talk about it. There were so many spills in the in the the whole shot and the plowing through let's, the gates. And, let's get into it then. Just yeah, there's so much to we talk will, about. But I. <laughs> I'm looking at that and I'm like, I don't want to do that. No, I, 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 I occasionally ride like the Saturday morning school just because I look out there and I go, oh man, I need to ride that for yeah. a minute. But then that's enough. That's and, and that's. And I don't need. Any that's what more I did the that. last time, yeah. and the last time that I rode it, you know, I was still out riding good, but I, I had a, a rough night. Yeah, we we got Danny's um, fifth wheel all stuck, and my truck was stuck, and I, I don't know. I was just tired the next morning. I'm like, I, it wasn't for me. And then from from that point on, I don't know what switched, but you know Bowen got better at that point. We had that throttle stick on that our old PW, and that I think that something something flipped the switch, and I'm, now I'm like I, I'm full Moto Dad at this it's, point. And it's I just Moto wanna, Dad life, yeah. man. And like I want to ride, but I don't want to race. I only care about progressing my son, and, you know? and like for me to get on a bike, it's just a bonus that I even got to yeah. swing my leg over, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, I see that. But to watch the kids progress, uh, I think, cha- is what really... When your kids go from, like, last and now they're riding, you know, anywhere from fourth to second, then you're, like, your focus yep. just... It's like tunnel vision. It's the tunnel vision of racing, but it's, your ra- it's like, through your kid. It's it's strange. It's hard to explain, but... Yeah. Let's as, get back as, to this. As, yeah, get yeah. back into it. As, as, we, as, we, as we divert around <laughs> here, we're going to get back. I'm going to start off the 450 LCQ with this of... Anything is possible because I've been following motocross for years, listening to podcasts. There was a time that this name that I'm about to say would have never been brought up on a professional broadcast. And the fact that they mentioned Steve Mathis and the LCQ challenge and that Cartwright won $20,000 on a race on Friday Mm -hmm. that this man had put together. I just look at his 
if you stick in something long enough and you have good intentions, even if you are kind of a butthole, trying to be nice so there's less editing, if you, <laughs> even if you are a butthole, at some point if you speak the truth and just say what you feel and do right. Well, I'll give you the ammo. It does help that Supercross and Motocross are now together and yes. he, he yeah. is a part of Racer X. Yep. That is so true. That is how that deal that is done. true, but, but he did it last year before. Yep, and they give him. A but race. they were already in talks. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that's not really all I have is that they had a great conversation. The LCQ was what the LCQ was. Yeah. But the fact that they they actually talked about a couple. Podcasts. I wish I wish they would have talked about that LCQ challenge a little bit more. And like I know the challenges of trying to get it filmed yeah. and all that, but yeah. like. A little clip of here or there, like stick one camera down there just to, yeah, to have yeah, something. Give, and give us a little insight on it. Well, explain to the like we know it, yeah. But the casual viewer had no idea what they were talking. No, about. and like the the Simonson haircut, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that was wicked. Yeah. But but the average person is just watching there's, it as a fan, and they're like, "What? There's no contest. This, this makes yeah. no sense." While we're on this subject, I've been thoroughly happy with the. Um, with the guy on the broadcast, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Daniel Blair is doing an incredible job. And we I talked wish, about this last week. I was... wish they would turn him loose and allow him to play both roles a little bit because I think he could handle it. Um, and JT's really filled in nicely. Like, I wish they'd, they'd stop taking outside people into our sport because it's such a niche sport. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I think they're starting to figure that out. I'm guessing, did you... There was a lot of subtle things on this broadcast that I heard. Correct. One, Hunter going to go race with his brother in 450s? Yeah, that was... And, and they were very, very brief about it. Yeah, like, okay. snap so, a finger, you miss it. Yeah, and then, okay, and then uh, Ricky did the Indy 500. Actually, I asked my wife, I'm like, did they ship that milk out there? Like, Because that was in Denver. That was in the Denver Stadium. They sh- mm-hmm. And then Lee says, hey... What are you doing reading promotions? Promos. And Ricky's like, ah, you know, you better watch out. Because I'm like, are we about to find out that maybe next year Ricky is Lee yeah. and Daniel is Ricky Correct. or vice versa? I'm I'm like, or, huh. Or are they going to bring Bubba in? Uh, and see, I hope they don't on the Bubba. I think the, the third commentator for Bubba fits. Yeah. Yes. But Full I really time. think... Daniel Blair has earned that slot, yeah. and yeah. I think he can do a really good job if they let but him play both. It sounded weird because Lee was yeah, like, "It did." Lee was like, "What are you doing?" And Ricky kind of played it off, and I thought, "Huh." I think that's been coming though. Like, yeah, Ricky is good, but he's gotten way better. And he sucks. Yeah, he, he sucks real bad. He still has some times where he sucks. Yeah, but it, it, there's it, some it stuff that better. he says that is, yeah, like why? But he's he's learned to be a commentator and not a racer. I think, and it, he, him and Bubba both, like, they have this insight, and that, like you said, that's what we need in this sport. Like, Ralph Shaheen was a, an amazing commentator. He knew about the sport, but not like these guys do. You know? The problem is is that Feld, and and we can get into that a little bit, I have a little bit of a connection to the upper end of Feld. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, every yeah. now and again. Um, but they've always been a show promoter, not a... Yeah sport yeah. promoter, right? And they're constantly trying to to cater to the casual fan and 
you can't do that that much. You need to treat it like a sport, not a yeah. show. Because yeah. a lot of us that are in it for the sport and not you the, lose them. We have, I'd say, you know, probably half of that, half of the the, the motocross audience is probably just you know you're the crazed fan. But you get fifty percent is a big number when it comes to guys like us that know the racing. You know, yeah. and that's a that's a massive part of your all your audience here tv yep. being there in person it's i i i'm in agreement with you they 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 promote what makes them the money which is smart on their end but it's just what they've always done yeah right and they're really successful at it but and this this very, this sport good at it. yeah they are yeah. but this sport is different it's much different than you yeah. know their broad spectrum correct well i mean if you're talking about broad spectrum they own every monster truck and then Disney on Ice, Marvel on Ice, all those other, all those other things that they are—that is pure entertainment versus a sport that actually—it's well, much they, different. They came from the circus, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, and that was their pride and joy and their love, right? yeah. And yeah. we're we're much and, different than every one of those. I mean, it kind of is a circus, but, but can be, but it's yeah. a real life drama happening. There's day a, and there, and I think they've done a really good job, like taking ownership of it working through some of that like i really think that they have progressed yeah, and made yeah. it more of a sport again um from where they kind of started with it because yeah. i don't think they really knew everything about it um and and kenny Feld admitted that right like yeah. and they were trying to work all that out i totally right. agree let's uh this is gonna just fyi we're an hour in that's fine this is gonna be a long episode tonight just because we're having fun we got we got extra comments and and we haven't even made it through the mains yet. We're going to fly through the mains, and then we're going to get into Date City, and we may throw in some other. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Let's yeah. just jump into the mains. You know, the, the LCQ was okay. Um, Two fifty main was you know Jet got a terrible start. Um, I don't know. I think he was pushing. He was pushing and pushing and pushing in the in the heat, and then he gets a terrible start in the main. I think. I think all the you know four time champion now four time three time at the point at that point. Um, I don't know if it's getting in his head. I mean, you knew you had it wrapped up. So his start was uh, he could have screwed himself again. Like, why put yourself in that situation? You know, jump out there, take the lead, then let the guys pass you. So um, that was that. You know, that was one of my big things. Um, what do you got? I mean, I got uh, lots more, but I I wonder how much down on power they were because yeah, Dan Truman from JIT wasn't there this weekend. He kind of took this one off. He had something to do with his daughter, you know. So like, I wonder how much tuning ability they really put yeah. into things this weekend. So I think that might have been like a small piece, but like the 450 guys were still able to be there. So yeah. that may not have been a piece. Maybe he was just trying to be safe. Um, but I think it showed some patience that he lacked yeah. in that heat race, right? Maybe they just overtalked that and he just kind of came out and like plugged through his laps. Yeah. I'll, say, I'll say at one point I watched him come that little, they jumped the finish line they kind of came across. At one point, he was like an 8th or ninth or something, and I watched like him actually kind of like shake his head like, almost like okay. Like he literally, you can see it where he just kind of like okay, I'll get through here. And, and then all of a sudden, once he got spaced out, he was, but he was fine. But he knew that with the altitude, those guys were going to get tired, and he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, he, it was no big deal. Halfway through, he put the motors on. And, and he's extremely fit. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most fit riders out there. But I think I think the big talk is the Hampshire and Kitchen, because, you know, we already know Jet was taking the championship, unless something terrible happened, which, you know, yeah. it, it does happen, obviously. But 
Hampshire and Kitchen had a good race, and yep. I, we talked earlier. Kitchen was putting in, he's putting in an awesome season. He put in an awesome heat race, and he really put the pressure on Hampshire the whole time until he ran out of real estate, and that which totally screwed him. But those two were. It was it was a phenomenal race for you know the little bit that we had of it and I I love seeing that and I love to see RJ Hampshire's story is awesome and for him to bring home the win and take that big trophy to his to his daughters because all his his daughters get the trophies which is cool as shit yeah yep. I mean he's in it for the right reasons he is he's he's an awesome human being I've known him since he was a little kid on yeah. P Dubs I grew up riding at their house yeah. um, and it's truly awesome to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. And that family's legacy, they've had so many people through the pros. Um, between his sister, his dad, his cousins. Um, I bought his dad a beer at the WWGP yeah. when RJ won. I bought yeah. his dad a beer. Ricky's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to jump back a little bit. I think Volan, I'm, I'm proud of him. He had a great start because... He's needing. He's just. Need, he's kind of coming into his own, and he had a rough go. Like he, he got thrown out there early. People have been bagging on him. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Roger likes him. <laughs> I, I think the move to star. My note was the move to star is going to totally help yeah, his yeah. entire program because yeah, I think they've given up on him. I think. I think. And I think great start. I will say, Levi's slide job to pass him. Oh, that was a great move. I, that's actually I wrote that down. Like nice move by Levi on Vola. That was a great move. I'm with you. RJ catching up. RJ ran out of room, and then RJ did. He's been doing okay. Yes, the mud race in New Jersey. Whatever I think it was New Jersey. That was just one of those. We all would have done the same thing. Slide and not. But he's actually kind of had a mellow season. Yeah, which has been good. I think he wanted to get through healthy. Yes. You know, and and put together a full, good podium finish every weekend season. Yeah. And I just think for that split second, when they got side by side and he pushed himself, well, Levi, Levi did nothing wrong. But at the end, you know, Hampshire he, said he hit neutral. and But that was after the corner. I think he needed to ride a little bit more like a veteran. But if yeah. he hadn't have caught neutral, I think he would have made that jump with him. It just would have been tight. Yeah. And that's where, like, you need to pick and choose. And, like, the mistake happened from Levi, yeah. but Levi made it back up. And he just needs to check up and say, I know I'm faster than him. I'll get him again. Yeah. yeah. But that that was the one thing that like with, with RJ is had he not hit neutral, what would have happened? Because, you know, the kitchen was – he was pretty I, tight on that double. I think that would have been fine. I think Levi would have kept choked up. Very and gone, possible. Woo, we're tight. Yeah. And RJ would have committed. Yeah. Right. And that's what RJ from, does. From knowing RJ, yeah. right? Like, that's that's going to happen. But I will say on both their parts, they both had good composure. RJ bounced off. Levi kept going. Yeah. Now, the one thing Levi did do was I think he kind of started looking back a little bit towards I, the end. I really think it's the elevation and maybe he got a little tired and, like, a little yeah. pumped up from the battle. And RJ just put his head down and went to work because yeah. he wanted that win. He did needed he that does. win. He went to work yeah. and made things happen. Yep. You know who I was impressed by was Lopes. Um, he really showed composure. He really yeah. wants that podium, yes. right? Yes. And there's he a was... big incentive for a podium on that team. And right? he was so close. And he didn't override. He didn't overpush it. He showed veteranness, right? Yeah. And and yeah, really, because he, like you said, he wants it, and he knows he wants it. He says he wants it, and 
you know, his, his dreams to get that. Just you don't hear him say, "Yeah, I want to win," but you hear him say, "I just want, I want that podium." Yeah. And yeah. he had the opportunity, like he could have pushed the envelope, and he didn't. He he rode his race. You know, Jet was there. You know, Jet come up to him, took him, and he probably could have done something about it, but he didn't. He you know he rode with integrity. He rode with you know a veteran mindset, and it was. I was proud of him. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was solid. I I felt like. I wish Lopes would commit and go outdoors, because yep. his his stock. He's one of those you would buy, yeah. because he's he's got the skill set. The fact that he doesn't want to do it, he just wants to go to Brazil or do SMX or, or I mean WSX. He's, he's chasing money rather than trying to chase yeah. a ride and progress, yeah. and that's that's that thing. Yeah. And like, so told him back. You cannot survive in America without running moto. No, yeah. like until not, you've earned it. Yeah, until you've earned it, and. And the only other thing I took away from the main, because there were some good, good solid rides. The only thing I took away is we talked about it briefly was that news they dropped of could Hunter be joining his brother? I think he's going to move up at Supercross next year. I think that's the hint. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go to 450 outdoors. No, not in the outdoors. They're. I think they're going to. They'll. They'll keep them split. You know, because it. Jet's making his big debut and. Yeah. Hunter just getting a first title. I think they want him to come in. And but I, I think he secretly wants to ride a 450. And I agree. Pushing hard yeah. at Honda to have a 450 ride. So my question on that is my the business side of that is Honda didn't want to go in house with their 250 program. They have Chance Hymas. There's rumors they're bringing in Shimoda. Are we? Hey, you know what? We don't want to lose Hunter either. Let's bump him up. I think we'll run these two kids in 250 until they're done, and then 250 is over. And, like, there might have been a change where, like, they're I, – I really think it's going to come in January. You're going to see Hunter bump up as well, yeah. and then you'll have those two east and west, and they'll just have two just like they did this year yep. and, and continue on. Do you think – do you think that – because I feel like Phoenix Honda. Phoenix is involved in a lot. Do you feel like at some point Phoenix becomes the new team for 250s? I think Honda pushes it um, back to a, an outside source that way. Um, long term, they've always wanted to do it that way. Yeah. They don't want to put the money into 250s. There's a lot of money out in a 250 mm-hmm. compared to a 450. Um, yeah, I see them outsourcing and bringing them in further. It just depends on who plays in the World Supercross versus American Motocross, yeah. right? And if they play both or not, it's yeah, it's politics. And I think it really depends on how this season of World Supercross plays out, right? That's, on, what, that's what we were talking about. I think, I think at the end of the year is where we're going to see a lot of yeah. stuff unravel. Cause it, you know, it's, it's, You'll know it's, come October. It's that year. It's that year where there's, there's a lot of changes that are going to happen. But congratulations to Jet. He gets his title. So we got Hunter, Jet. They both congratulations Jet's done now, and he goes to 450, and wow. I mean, honestly, with everybody out, does he not look like one of the favorites for a 450? For sure. He, he looks, it looks like a Ryan Dungey year all of a sudden. He's, he's going to have some sauce for him, I'll yeah. tell you Even that. Before, before all the, the carnage, I think that he was, he was going to be a contender anyway. He is on fire at home on the moto. Yeah. On fire. The kid can ride. I mean, there, there is no doubt about it that... We haven't seen a, a rise in talent like that in a long time, and he can. The kid can ride. Period. Yeah. Absolutely. Period. There, there's there's nothing else that needs to be said about it. He can ride. Yep. Yeah. I, so, I, I think so too. 
All right, so now my heart breaks because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna divert here for a second and say my favorite rider has always been Eli Tomac because there's nothing exciting about Eli Tomac. He races. You don't hear him about getting involved in stuff. He Calm, just, cool, and collective. He just races. He's a worker. Yeah. yeah, he just is a grinder. He does his thing. He lives in his own world. He there's nothing. You barely know who his wife is and that he has two kids. Yeah, and he lives on a alfalfa farm, and and that's it. He gets the whole shot. This season is over. Like I don't care if Sexton finishes second or passes him. It's going to be a 15-point lead minimum going into the last race. The season's over. Three minutes in, my heart breaks, and I don't even care. I had to fake the excitement to come here and do this today because I've lost <laughs> my hero. Even if you don't like Tomac, I mean, I don't know how you can't. He, you have to respect him. Yes, he, every... he's a very respectable guy, but that was heart-wrenching for anybody. Yep. Because... You knew. I mean, you can feel for him how he felt coming off that track. The, the entire team, in general. Dude, if you've ever seen anyone with an Achilles, anything, that is next it's, level excruciating pain. It's wicked. And to ride straight there, like yeah. that's a tough sob. Yeah. Well, it's to hit that double after he did it, ooh, and I then land. Imagine that pain. I mean, obviously, you could you could see he lifted his leg immediately after he landed. But I, that's the first thing I pictured, like. How did you do that? Like, they say it's like feeling your calf muscle roll. Yeah, up, I couldn't. I couldn't right? imagine that that landing. Like that. That's oh. the first thing. I the, the compression was. Uh, is I it mean, a, is it a rare injury? Because like we don't hear about yeah. that. Very, very very rare. It it really like with modern boot technology that just doesn't happen all that much. And normally it's something that that starts as a small injury and works its way up to a bigger one. Even if right? you don't know you have it. Yeah, it can. It doesn't even have to be like wickedly apparent, right? He may not have really noticed that he had some stuff. People that, that tear or rupture those, normally it's like a small little pain every now and again, yeah. right? But it's something that nags on and then develops into something. So before we dive further into the 450 main, I want to touch on some of the stuff because there, there's reports, there's pictures, there's this. Yeah. There, there's... As some of the moto people say, they have the carrots in their ears. Some of these guys that are looking for clickbait or whatever, there's there's pictures that maybe he adjusted his boots or changed his boots or. It's all. Uh, do we do we feel like this is just one of those rare ass injuries that just happens? Yeah, yeah, and like he's safe. Like he's a safe guy, and I'm sure when Eli's ready to talk about it, he'll talk about it. But like, it's it's really like it's so hard to damage your Achilles that way, like. Yeah. You would sprain ankles before hand a lot of the time. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you, see, you see people that case and blow their ankles out totally. And their, their Achilles is perfectly fine. Yeah. And they build custom boots for all of those guys. Yeah. That's not a that's not an unnormal thing. If you go down the line of those 20 guys, yeah. there's a handful of custom Alpine Stars. Oh, and by yeah. the way, he's sponsored by Alpine Stars, so he gets whatever he and wants. And I promise you, Eli didn't modify them. Yeah. They were custom built that way. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're designed to fit his foot. They're molded to his e- foot. Eli doesn't have to go and grind on his boots. No, you know. So no. the sad been there, done that. And we, <laughs> they so, ain't doing that. So I got my sad part over with. I just wanted. I mean, you know, I I don't have too many favorites and stuff. But this was like this was one of my dadgummit man. Like I got to find a new rider now. I I was really happy for Cincerillo. Oh, Adam! Yeah, yes. Adam has worked so hard all season just to put in a full season, and and here we are, one round to go. I hope he doesn't 
do something stupid next round. Yeah, but, but like look, we made it all the way through, all that emotion on the podium. No, say, look right? at his emotion, dude. He's, and he's like, happy where he's at. You know how much effort that dude did to do that, right? Okay, let's speak on that. Let's speak on that. The emotion. I'm all for it. Kuzo, who is one of 100% top guys, is digging on this guy. AC even admitted, man, I know that the field is depleted. This is a corporation's, one of their top guys, digging on a dude who has been through hell and back. Yeah. Guess what? He survived. He survived. He's missed a couple races this year. He's made it this far. gets a podium. And you're going to take that away from him? It's it's just not even fair, man. It, it, that dude has put in so much off the bike. You know, he went on a Hiawaska trip for Christ's sake. He's getting yeah. you know, stem cells this trying, week. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he is doing everything possible yeah. to be the best that he can be. Yeah. And you know, somebody else that we can talk about is Dean Wilson. Same thing. So much mental therapy yeah. to try to accomplish all this. And like, look at how how harsh all of us are on them all, yeah. right? We're way too harsh and jump into conclusions when they put it all all of them yeah. into this, right? Yeah. They're literally... Well, Shane McElrath. He's, he's my first note. Same. Great start by Shane McElrath. Mm-hmm. We have, I, have been like, dude, you were like three points away from winning a title. What, what have you been doing all year? Dude, F- fantastic. clean, yeah. smooth, yeah. right? Just solid. Um, I know that he made a swap to Chiz's suspension setup, and that's been been the big change. Yeah. Um, Kenny did that and then kind of modified it a little bit, um, but that was what propelled him a little bit further. That's why you're seeing this kind of late-season push. Um, but, man, what a ride. Yeah. yeah. Like Great start. Solid. Yeah. He's my first note as well. Yeah, like, yeah. just he's, solid. He's put an awesome ride. And then I, I've always been a big fan of McElrath because he's always been just a – a solid rider, and he, you know he kind of lacked on it for a little while, and just going through some of the mental stuff and the bike changes and the and everything. But we're we're seeing McElrath again, yep. and it, it's really exciting to see. Yeah, and I know it's depleted, but still, if you even if you add in all the riders that are missing, he would have finished twelfth, with a still one of his highest finishes. Yeah. I, I think he would have been a top ten guy yeah, that think, night yeah. with the whole field there. He was he was solid. Um, I mean, was it, just it was solid. an awesome ride, and it, and he put himself up front, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's that's what you got to do. That start is the the most important thing on the race. Before, the other okay. the other guy that I really took note, kind of in the same way, is Dean Wilson, right? Yeah, he was right there, riding good, um, battled with the hill. Um, brother, and that was just, actually a good battle. It was, <laughs> man. Like they went yeah. back and forth, yeah. and um, he actually um, on one of the interviews after the race talked about um, he had like a big gnarly panic attack Friday night and wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to race right because it's coming to an end and right yeah. and like just trying to struggle to find a ride, you yeah. know, like all these types of things, right, and trying to put in good results. And he put all that together, sucked it up, and got it done, yeah. and had a nice, solid ride. And for those that don't know, he's battled the panic attack, emotional stress, mental health, and yeah. something he's he actually has. He calls it YouTube or YouTube or something like that. But on YouTube, he does his own stuff, and he talks about that. I mean, for those that don't know, he has a third butthole basically because he's I, that's like, I, that's what I was getting ready to bring up. Is let, let's talk about what he's come from. Yeah, he he put a foot peg the whole way through his butt cheek, yeah. and. 
Enough that they could pack 30 feet of gauze in it after it happened. Yeah. And he's come back from that after not being able to sit for months on end. Yeah. You tell me we aren't we don't have the toughest toughest athletes yeah. in any sport. Yeah. Yeah, I I love the motocross isn't motocross isn't even a sport. Motocross isn't yeah. tough. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. No, but I, I'm I'm proud of some of these guys that had the chance to shine that we see that we see them. Yeah. And they're really good. They're just the field has been so good that we it, don't they don't get the show. It gives them a little hope. Yeah. And it gives us a little insight into those guys and puts yeah. them at the forefront. Speaking of, we talked about uh, Colt at the beginning of the podcast, and is he he was down? There was not one mention. What happened to him? What happened? I'm not sure. They I, didn't really show it, man. No, and I, I didn't dig real deep into it. I knew what happened. He was out. Um, he was out before Tomac, so it was. They worked on him for a while. It was early. I have no idea. I was going to look it up earlier, and I just I ran out of time to to figure out yeah. what actually happened. Yeah, I never did either. And but, we got to talk about the the the, the German chocolate. You know, Ken Rocks, oh, dude, he fell. He's last. I look up. Also, I'm, Michelle and I are sitting there on the couch, and I'm like, he was in last, right? And Michelle's like, yeah. And I'm like, he's in sixth. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, he's in third, and I'm like, dude, he wanted it. He is on it. Yeah, he wanted it. And he's been showing that integrity for the last part of the season. Like, and I think every season, you know, like we we normally lose them earlier yeah. on, right? But like yeah. here, late in the season, you see rides like that. Because they know the field is depleted and they want that podium or yeah. that win, you know that they've been searching for. But, be, but know, before and it made be, them put in those rides before the before the field went depleted, he was still yeah. on it. Roxon is a you know round eight he slacks off. Where this year round eight he's progressed and yeah. it's just getting better and better it's, and better. And it's, it's good to see him being yeah. competitive. And I think that shows you how happy he truly is with the where program. he's at. Yeah, and he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, I know I know he's had some big crashes but he doesn't make if you watch him ride his fluidity i don't know if that's even a word is, is so good that you watch him on that track it looked like it had it was cake out there like he was in bad i think that's riding. how he's progressed through the years yeah. yeah and i think a lot of that happened when he was training with chase and all of that right but he was a really aggressive rider younger on which is why we all had such high aspirations for him went through turmoil and now we're seeing the veteran, you know, smooth rider. Yeah. Let's put in the work to make us the best well-rounded yeah. rider that we can get. And we have to, you know, you can't help but say congratulate Sexton. He's taking what I know everybody's going to say it's the Fortner thing, but guess what? When Fortner went out, and the next year he came back and won his own. They don't need to do what they did to Sexton. If he gets this, he doesn't care that everybody went out and he won. That check's going to clear. I'm gonna. And Sexton's not my favorite rider. You got to do the full season. Yep. Yeah. Put all seventeen in. Yeah. It's a seventeen yeah. round series. It's yeah. not over until it's over. And he's not my favorite rider, but the dude went out there on that track, two tracks in a row that have been slippery and nasty, and he has stood up and won. Yeah. I watched. There was a right hander going to the double. He stood up on the inside line. I told Michelle, I'm like, dude, did you watch? He just literally stood up the whole corner and hit the double. On a track that was like an yes. ice cream <laughs> drink. Yes. He stood, he like, I, I told Michelle, I'm like, that's skill. Like, the dude, and congratulations, you're going to get the chance. I mean, it's over. They can't give it to him because, in theory, Tomac's still going to finish second. Litigation. Yeah. 
Hence why I really want some respect tires. <laughs> but, but the fact that I, I watched him in that heat race go around the corner, stand up on the inside on a flat corner, accelerate and hit the double, and I was like, oh, that's skill. Like, that's yeah. that's skill. I've always said to myself, I'd love to be, give me like five laps on a factory bike. You couldn't ride I just, it. I just want to see what I can do. How it feels. I've ridden some sweet bikes in my lifetime, yeah. and uh, they're magical. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't compress the suspension. So yeah. <laughs> they're just. But congratulations, congratulations to him. I'm proud. Of, I mean, he's battled. He has battled this front end issue. He's battled. I mean, they're calling him front flip, sexton, everything, pretty much anything. You, the guys put two races in a row together, and stayed upright on two tracks that could have ended his season. Yeah. And congratulations, and, and that's that's really all I have is because he's not my favorite rider, but no. dude, the guy is pretty. He really is pretty on a bike, and he, he's very fit. He's and a, he he's hasn't gotten hurt, rider. right? Yeah. yeah. And if you look at him, he's he's really taking some gnarly hits. He's yeah. stocky. He's a this big year. kid. Yeah. He's kind of gone away from that kind of Alden perspective of like you've got to be the thinnest you can possibly be. Um, no, he, I, he can manhandle a bike. I I really hope that RJ goes more that way mm-hmm. i know that he's at the alden program but i really hope that he puts a little bit of that weight back on because yeah. i think that he needs that durability Speaking of weight have you seen oh dang it what's his the british guy ansi ansi yeah. yeah have you seen him yeah he's jacked yeah oh i was watching the uh there's an indie car thing going on the 100 days of indie it's on cw just for those that, they showed new garden that dude looks like a linebacker because they don't have power steering, and I'm like, why don't more motocross guys look like that? Mm-hmm. Weight makes a big difference, right? It's yeah, weight yeah. to horsepower ratio, yeah. right? And I don't know. I think we've got like that Alden theory of you have to be that lean. I think there's like a fine balance point there, but that's why you see guys falling and getting hurt, right? Sets to hit the ground a lot this season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and at home, you got to think these guys do eat it at home. Sets I know they're on one line practice tracks, right? They're still hitting the ground. Yeah. And that dude has weathered through the storm. Well, there was a report on one of the weeks Sexton hit the ground hard on a Wednesday. They didn't know if he was going to race. Yeah. But he's bouncing back. So That's my point. I feel like that mobility is the same strength, for Eli, yeah. right? Yeah. Eli doesn't overtrain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was it's, only riding they said he was only riding one to two days a week. Yeah. He's in maintenance mode. Yeah. yeah, they're putting they're putting these guys through too much yeah. at, at this point. They they've you know, the Baker the the whole Baker thing's it's it was a good program. But they're pushing it too far, and it, it's burning these guys out before race day. I I really think it it shouldn't be a one deal fits everyone. Yeah, you know, and I yeah. think that's part of it. And I think that's where Kenny's finally gotten happy. Right, he's figured out what's working for him, what's keeping his mental state in a good, healthy relationship. Right, all of these things, and most of these guys get to that point. And, like, yeah. you can, I mean, look at Stewart, right? We're just now seeing him because he was so burnt. Yeah. Right? And it's taking care of every aspect of your body. I think it's cool that, you know, guys like Adam Cincerillo and Dean Wilson are talking about these mental battles, right? Because well, I, I'm sure you heard it as a as a rider growing up. You know, it's 90% mental. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. 50% physical, right? Like, yeah. welcome to moto, right? But... That is most of the sport. Is the mental aspect? Yeah, it, you're, it, the mental the mentalness of it, it all ruins your day. So if if you're not there, 
you're not there. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good of a rider you are. Look at Tomac. I mean, you struggle mentally. You struggle on the bike. Period. And you know, I've been through it time and time again. We all struggle every day. Yeah. You don't think that they do? Yeah. They are humans. They're humans, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, and they're treated like robots. And it mm-hmm. it, it takes a toll on a lot of these riders. And I love seeing them go their own ways and doing their own things. And I think it's really progressing the sport where there for a while they were stuck in that work, 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 and then Saturday they're burnt. Yeah. You know, and yep. the guys are getting hurt, and I think it's 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 getting better. It is. It, it will get better. I think it's going to get better now before it gets worse. I I think the manufacturers are having to start to look at that aspect yeah. where they haven't before, mm-hmm. right? And they're starting to understand. Look at how much support Adam has had, you know, through all of this, and that's why you hear him talking up there. Man, I can't believe everyone that stood behind me. Yeah. Because they're having to start to understand that side of stuff. Yeah. And they're investing into their riders rather than them just being a number. Yeah. And that's really good for our sport. Yeah. Well, I agree. I think I have to go now from podcast host to podcast moderator because I don't have a, 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 a horse <laughs> in this fight. Yeah. Or a pony. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Pee Wees and Dade City. I think it was round seven? Yeah. Round, round seven, seven. of the Dade City Motocross Championship. Um, so we're going to go... We're going to go full peewee now, and I'm going to listen and interject when necessary. Take Sweet. it all in. So go, go. who's going to start? We'll let the guests go first on, <laughs> on his weekend. They had a pretty uh, good weekend. So. We did. Um, my boy has progressed a lot in the past month. Um, we, uh, a little backstory on him. Uh, we've only been racing about a year. Um, we came from a BMX background. I grew up racing motocross. Um all the way up till 125s. Um, so like motos in my blood, this this is what I eat, breathe, and sleep. Um, but we started him on a BMS track when he was two and a half, you know, and it was easy, accessible, and he really had a blast doing it. So we stayed doing that. We raced that um, all around the state um, until about a year ago. Um, about a year and a half ago, he got some injuries in the BMX world, and, and their tracks aren't dirt anymore. Um, so they're they're basically like falling on concrete, and it just kind of took the wind out of his sails. So I was like, ah, let's let's try the dirt bike, man. Like you've always had one, um, and we kind of farted around in the yard a little bit, but like it just wasn't his thing. And then um, he kind of took to it, and uh, we ran P Dubs last year and moved up to the bigger fifties this year. Um, we've really only focused on form this year. Um, I kind of. Um, maybe have a little bit different take there, but if if your kids have good form, um, they're less likely to get hurt, and it's way easier to add speed after the form than try to fix the form after the speed. Um, so the beginning of this year, all, all we've really worked on is form and trying to get him um, in good form and, and attacking on the bike, um, and now we're trying to add in some speed. So like the past month, we've really progressed that way. Um, we recently made a swap from uh, the KTM 50 over to um, a pair of Cobras. Oh, you're screaming now. Whew, screaming <laughs> out the money. <laughs> um, but that's been a really good change. Um, we, we've we really gotten suspension dialed in this past month. Um, you know, like all of that type of stuff, like when you're dealing with what a 7-year-old has for feedback to you and just your set of eyes, um, that's a little bit of a thing. Um when I was a knucklehead in high school, I worked for Ronnie Monk at 612 Suspension So, and, and his old man, Ron Monk, when they ran Pro Action. Um, so I learned a tiny little bit about um, suspension stuff, so that's kind of helped. 
and been fun um, to play around with and, and trying to move some stuff that way. Um, but he's really been progressing and, and jumping a lot better and, and kind of attacking on the bike rather than just riding the bike. Um, this week, um, we're running the, the 7 to 8 class, um, the e-bike class, as well as the open. Um, so it's, it's three motos. He um, is is normally tired by the end of the night, man. He's mm-hmm. in bed at eight thirty every night, so uh, I think we finished at like ten thirty this week. Ooh, you know, with his last night. moto, and so that's always a struggle. He's he's normally like, how much more do I? How many more do I have? You know, by the end of the night. Um, but he had a really good night, man. Uh, we were leading the e bike class in the first moto all the way into the last lap. Um, a fast local rider, Connor Rodriguez, um, went down on the first lap and kind of charged back through and overtook him on the last lap to win the first moto. Um, that was he was super bummed. He thought he was gonna gonna get it done and uh, just let it slip through his fingers. Um, but he like mentally reset and kind of charged through the night. Um, wound up uh, taking a second place in that class again. So we went went two two for a second. Um, the seven to eight beginner class, um, uh, Jagger Craig was out and they kind of battled back and forth, um, all night and he wound up second to Jagger. Um, so that was good. Um, good motos, all that good stuff. Um, we had two falls in, in both motos of the 50 open. So we wound up like 10th in that one, but, but he rode really good and, and is showing a lot of progression. Um, and then I took him on Sunday to Kroom and went and did a whole day at Kroom. Um, first time making a trip out there as a family. And, uh, yeah, he didn't fall all day in the sugar sand all the way until the last trail ride. He had a couple of little slips, but it was good. Um, how'd your boy do? We did all right. Um, <clears throat> we, I think we had the most progression we've had so far. He's We're in the same scenario. He's... We started off the season as his first season. Um, we raced a couple a couple last year, the last two rounds, I believe, and uh, we weren't sure if it was his thing. We jumped in this year, and, you know, we've talked about it all, all what, nine episodes now? Yeah. And he's been, he's been progressing slowly. We bought your bike, um, and we bought the KTM Mini, and that has totally blown him out of the water it's um, a real dirt bike right yeah so his his progression in the last few weeks alone has been astonishing um this week we went we went out um he was like fifth in the whole shot it wasn't it wasn't the best start he slipped off the gate and um we pulled a fourth in the moto one he he, he had a really solid ride he, he was out there battling i watched that one it, it was, looked good it was awesome to see Moto two, he come out. It, it, his mini class, he races the four to six mini, uh, or the fifty four to six. And he was, I told him, do not worry about racing. I want you to get out there and just ride that bike because you got to learn this bike before you can race this bike. Go have fun on your exactly. Dirt bike. So he went out there. He was a nervous wreck with the ruts and you know, they're they're in the peewee class. They're running a a, a very well groomed track. You know they get a flat track so. This is his first time actually racing a solid rut track. And he went out. Um, what I wanted to see is the parents can't go out there. And you know this. You don't know this. So the parents can't go out for the, the bigger 50 classes. 
So uh, Pee Wee class can have five parents out on the track with him, and I always go out just because there's not a lot of parents that help the other kids, and I make sure that I, I always did when my boy was yeah, on Pee Dubs, and I always make sure that I'm that parent that does help all the kids because they're they're all out there trying to have fun, and there's nothing that ruins their night like going down and not being all, getting stuck under the bike and you know dumping fuel all over them. It's it's a miserable night for those kids. And the idea is for all of them to go out there and have fun. Exactly. Right? And you need so, to come to my races so you can help me get out. Yeah, the there you go. So <laughs> I'll laugh. The, the, <laughs> my wife does. The, the, I can't help. You're too heavy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, there. It's it's supposed to be fun for them. Though though we're in competition at this point. It's I still like to help all of them out. Um, you know, Raina. Uh, we she went down. Our, those two were battling hard. The whole race, and it was awesome, you know. She really turned a corner this yes. week, like mentally. So like, you could see her progression. Um, our mutual friend Danny Yvonne, um, fifty three graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, his little girl had an accident early on in the season. Pretty horrifying, that, yeah. horrifying crash. And and it kind of knocked her back down. And it's been really cool to kind of see her slowly come back. Yeah, um, and it's awesome to see because like we're friends with them, and our kids are progressing together. Um, the night that she wrecked was actually one of Bowen's first races. So they kind of got knocked. You know, Bowen's coming in at that point. He's He hasn't really been a racer. You know, we've, we've done the yard stuff, and the yard is not for him. If there's no jumps, he's not happy. So they they, they kind of came into it at the same time after she came back. And um, to watch those two battle, that first moto was awesome. I actually almost knocked Bowen over trying to pick her up. <laughs> so he, he was shooting around the corner. She come around the corner on the inside. And she went down, and my instinct was to get her up because they were racing. You know, I wanted to see that race the whole way out. Mm-hmm. Well, Bowen come around, and I actually I shot backwards, and he went in between us. And I'm like, "Oh, you idiot!" <laughs> and, you know, you almost put your kid on the ground trying to get somebody else up. But it was fun. We got her up. Uh, I didn't get her up in time, but um, sec- second moto, he went out, and Bowen was on fire. I mean, that kid was absolutely he ripping. Good. He he was third the entire moto. He come out. Third in the whole shot, rode third the entire moto. He held everybody off behind him. Uh, that Saley kid come up on him a couple times, and he, I watched him around that that finish line mm-hmm. off camber, and I watched him pin it because he seen his front tire, and he looked down at it and he pinned it. And I'm like, that boy. So we rode the entire four lap moto. I think the cool thing is watching them progress and pick yeah. those little things up. And that's my know, and, that's my favorite thing to watch. And, and that's what keeps you off of a dirt bike. Yeah, it right? is too. That's because, what keeps you going. Yeah, how can I make him better? And yep. I'm not worrying about me, you know, what would I do in this situation is how can I get through to him in a five year old's terms? I mean, you think about it, he's five years old racing a dirt bike. Yep. That's it was that wasn't heard of when we were younger. Like they they didn't have these fast fifties. They had the PWs, but they weren't really. A, there wasn't really a fifty class. You know, when I started, I started on an eighty five. Yeah, you they, get one of those trail bikes with the big old fat tires, and you yeah. ride around. Yeah, and it wasn't. My dad bought me a Z fifty. You know, exactly. Ten year old. Yeah, and that's know? when I started on an old Honda trail bike. <laughs> I had you know, a Sears the, the, the mini bike. Yeah, scooters. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so their progression, and our progression, is is much different. So spoiled. Exactly. <laughs> I say that all the time, and to to put it into their perspective like how can i think like that because we never we never thought that way or could i even remember thinking that way but yep. they don't think i mean so to watch him progress yeah i think that is what is what puts me off the bike i personally like really enjoy like the coach aspect yeah right and, and like that's what he pushed he's been pushing this for for months with me he's like <laughs> you need to be in management 
and not not it's, on the seat. It's so fun, and like you'll see, like where you'll go and help somebody else's kid, right? Yeah. And it's it's an outside perspective, but they like once they get to know you, they respect your opinion, right? And maybe more so than their dad at that moment in time, mm-hmm. or it's just a different perspective than their dad. And it's really cool when you see the light bulbs well, go off. Kevin and I both sat under a tent two races ago, and we worked on a sixty-five for I don't an hour maybe. You know this <laughs> this this kid was struggling, and the dad really really doesn't know anything about bikes. You know, is his name Trey? No, I don't think. <laughs> no, he didn't no, look too familiar to you, but something something like this. But he he I, the dad had no intellect with a bike whatsoever. So you know, Kevin was up helping me because we were. We were struggling on the bike that day. We just had so much going on. We had family there. And um, what, what's cool about our sport is I didn't worry about our troubles. I seen he, I seen he was having troubles, and he was there. We seen he was having troubles, and we went over there. Yep. You know, I can work on my bike. That's not a problem. I laugh every week. I, I personally go up and camp out Friday evenings at yep. Dade City, and I normally do a lot of my bike maintenance for the we, next we day. We try to, Friday but unfortunately, we're, we're, we're unable to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so... Saturday morning, um, I don't I don't go out and ride very often, but I always, always, whether it's this week was the Ciceretti's were rebuilding a motor. I helped Danny do a clutch. Um, last week, last points round was the Laterno's working on on something over there, yeah. and we're all trying to help each other, right? And it takes a village in order to make this deal happen, and we all want to see our kids battling, right? Exactly. We don't. It doesn't matter who wins tonight. It's great when the kid beside you wins, you know, and they think it's great when your kid wins. Yeah, our kids, our kids love to come down to Declan and give him a high five every time, even if he's second. Yeah, did he win? I'm like, no, he got second. I'm gonna go give him a high five. Okay, and let's dude, do it. And that's sportsmanship, right? Yeah. And like, uh, it's it, we're trying to build well-rounded humans, right? It's not necessarily all about racing. It's it's life skills for later on in life, right? Yeah. And and it's business skills. I've never met a motocross rider that's not successful in business ever, because it's we its teach you sport. how to be that way yeah. through the sport. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's there's a select few parents there that aren't like that, and it. Yeah, but those normally never last because no, they're they're too pushy, and they push the kids right out of it. Yep. And it, it's it's it sucks to see, but I, my kiddo had a had a sit down with me and his mother, you know, and. and like two weeks ago it was right after the last points round and talking about burnout and I was like man it's seven you know and like okay how do we need to do this and like we laid things out in a different mindset and he was like oh I didn't realize it was for a reason well yeah I want to stay on that program then yeah and he was asking for a break and now he's wanting to dive in more you know and it's it's cool to see the kids choose their progression right And, like, we can sell it all tomorrow. We could go ride trails and, and yeah. not do any of this yeah. racing. It's fine. But it's cool to see him have fun and make the choices and progress in his own world, let alone what we tell them. Yeah, and it keeps them coming back. Like, it, it, I'm happy if I know every week, when are we going to ride? Yeah. Am I racing this weekend? Yeah. You know, and that that is exciting to see because... There's some of these kids that you know we got to race this weekend. Yeah, I I don't want to see that. If we ever get to that point, we're not racing. You know, we yeah. we put a, we put the brakes on. But but to finish out our motos, we uh, we we ran all the laps in third place um, in in the peewee, the four to six, and he 
gets cross-routed two turns to go and puts it on the ground. So we, we finished a 4-8 for a 6 overall. And I was still, still proud. I was, It sucked. He, we were all bummed out about it. But just because he, he's riding the best race he's ever rode. Welcome to the PDF. Exactly. Class. Exactly. And it, it, my, my mindset kind of kicked in. Like, I, I would have been livid. But he come off, you know, Can smiles. we go get ice cream? Yeah. No, he come off all smiles. And he said, when can I race my KTM? And I'm like, yes, you know. It's so a, it's still a win, yeah. Right? Yeah. He just he's happy to be out there. He, to him, it's not even racing. He gets a trophy regardless, and that's all. That's what makes him. And smile. man, like throughout the whole night, Saturday night, there were so many good races. The P Dub race, yeah. the the bigger P Dub class. There was a lot of battles um, this weekend. The Laterno went down. Let Bilbrey get a win on a moto. Uh, Laterno still got um, the overall. You know, like they were battling all over the place. It was really, yeah. really cool. Um, Corey Keelon's boy Rowdy was in the yep. mix. Um, that kid's been super progressing. That's the name. The Keelon name is still at Dade City. Yep. Son. Good lord, man. And, and there's another new one. Kyle just had a, a little boy about a year and change ago. Yeah. So there's going to be another one running That's that actually, track. that's where we got our mini from. So I grew up racing Kyle Keelon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my, my cousin used to race back in the day so i used to go i'm the guy that didn't race but i slept at the gate at gatorback to go watch the sunday afternoon motos yep. and when my nephew raced i or my cousin raced i would go up and watch and i'd go to date city on saturday night and just watch motos and i was the i was the fan i was just the yep. fan so i've seen all i've seen the hampshires marissa yep. marissa hampshire was really good. Yeah. I really grew up good. riding at her place with her. Yeah, like she was really good. And then occasionally dad would ride, and I took class from Picone, Picone. Yep. And he hit me with 450 roost one day, and I literally had like marks, and my wife was like, You're just here for class. Why are you getting hurt? And I'm like, That dude, that, that dude was mean <laughs> going around the corner. And <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to me as a kid was when paintball guns started coming around. Oh, yeah. Kenny Yoho bought paintball guns to shoot us all oh. at a three-day camp. Oh, <laughs> nice! You didn't screw up too many yeah. corners in a row. Nope. But that, <laughs> I grew up that track. It's it's just amazing to me that that track, the legacy of that track. It doesn't matter if your kid ever becomes anything or not. The legacy of what has been created at that track and still continues to be happening. Uh, it it blows me away, and like so many people, you know, like. Randy has his own reputation, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good or bad that stuff. Yeah, I I've always sworn it's it's ran great, man. Like I like the no pit riding rules and and it that type of stuff because like it that. keeps it a safe racetrack. That's the reason that place has survived so long, and the concessions why, taste good too. Yeah, Mama's <laughs> cooking's always oh, yes. on point. Yes, it is. Uh, she made some uh, homemade spaghetti this week. It was oh. whoo. Um, but, like, Randy's always run just a, a top-notch facility, um, always taking care of the kids. That place wouldn't run without Miss Teresa. Um, yeah. She, you know, I hadn't been at the racetrack in 17 years and walked up, and she's like, oh, my God, how are you? And, like, put somebody else in charge and, like, stepped off to the side to talk to me, you know, and never misses a beat, knows every kid's name, every detail, that place would not run the way it is without Miss Teresa. So I'm so old. I remember, you know how you guys exit the track now. Yeah. I remember that when that was the start line. Yep. Yep. I mean it, that, uh, that's that's 
And then all and of a sudden like, it was gone. Grandma Keylon used to run the gate, right? And I got to see her uh, like two rounds ago, right? She came yeah. out to watch Rowdy ride. You know, it was like, man, it's crazy how much heritage there is there. Yeah. And, and look, um, look at some of the riders that have came out of that track. It's just, dude, there's I, so much history. And like, I was so blessed at the time that I grew up. Um, I grew up in, in Hudson, Florida, not too far from the Hampshire's place. Um, we were really lucky at that time and frame. We had like four full groom private tracks wow. within dirt bike riding distance. And then there was three more that were like over a couple of roads, but like we could ride our dirt bikes to them. So mm-hmm. every day we all went to somewhere else. I went to high school with different levels of riders, but like 10 motocrossers all within like two or three years of one another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was a ton of riders, um, Tyson Hatzel's from the the Hampshire family. I grew up riding a lot with him. Um, you know, there's just so much heritage around that area, and that was really cool. And then all the Florida tracks, and like, I mean, look at how many of the top pros all live yeah. here, right? Yeah. There's a reason, right? This place grooms good people. It's the heart of motocross. Period. So yes. I had a, you, you brought up a good point, Kevin. I have a question for both of you. My daughter, I tried like crazy to get her involved in racing because we like we like racing cars yeah. motorcycles the whole thing and she fell in love with horses and that, yeah. that's been my life for the past not 11 years or it's so. A, it's a lot of mine. Yeah. So the question I have for both of you is you're talking about the history of and, and those are good memories for you of, yeah. of this sport. For you it was about the racing. How do you keep that in check but also pass it on and not expect it's, it from your own kids. It's super hard. Yeah, I and, agree. And I have a list of things. Um, Rob Serace, um gave gave me a list of things that I read before I get out of the truck. And we as dads want it way more than that child does, mm-hmm. right? And you have to keep that in perspective. We're here to have fun. We're here to race. and And that's part of it. But you have to back it down a little bit and see what your kid wants. Something that I do a little bit different than some dads, um, me and Rob were talking about that this weekend, is on the way home from the track, I cherish the first 30 minutes when we leave. That That is my time, right? Because I get to hear what he truly thinks, right? And I listen to him first. I don't yep. talk about how he rode. I ask him how he rode, how he progressed. What did he see that he didn't do well, Right? And trying to back that down and not push too much of me into him because I want it way more than he does. And that isn't fair, right? He could want something totally different. But if you don't listen to it, it's really hard. And then you hear what they want to work on or what they think they need to work on. And then it's you can manipulate that if you take it as that and turn it into something positive, right? And then it came from them. They're way more likely to accomplish those goals yeah. if they choose to do it themselves rather than what you want. Yeah, if them they're to setting do. their own goals, it's it's a yeah. totally it's, totally different. Mindset. It's so easy. All right, so Derek, Kevin gave us his perspective. What's it from your life? Like you've got you've got three boys, yeah. and you've got one that's boy that smile. And I always joke about him. I'm like, dude, the kid. You can tell he's got the smile. Yeah, and, he does, and it's there. But he's got one that. Eh, I'll ride, but I don't really care. You've got one that's not ready yet, and then you've got this one that's in it. How do you keep? Because you know what you did and where you thought you were going and what happened. How do you 
keep that perspective in for you? For me, it's really it's really hard because our oldest was in it. So you know, he was the one that wanted to ride, and our one that's racing now that is pretty much bred a racer, I, I believe. Head over heels. We never it. thought that he would even ride. He had no interest in it at all. He didn't want to watch it on TV. He didn't want to play with dirt bikes. He didn't nothing. So um, for me, I, I think with the oldest, I I may have pushed it too hard at the beginning, and may, maybe that's why he doesn't want to ride. I don't know. But I doubt it. Um, you know, there was a time that I thought that maybe that's what it was. But I'm getting to the point that it's just not his thing, and that's fine. And I've I've come to realization that you know it's what they want. It's not what we want. And if he doesn't want to ride, and so this weekend our oldest looked looked at the e-bikes and he you know he watched them ride for a while and he's like, that's what I want to do. I'm like well yeah. then, so. I actually just talked to a guy today that might buy our whole race package, you know, the 50s, and I'm like, well, we'll buy an e-bike if it's not what you want. And if it's not what you want, and Bowen's going to have an e-bike. So, there you go. Um, I'm looking at it at a different perce- different perspective at this point. I, my youngest son doesn't want to ride dirt bikes, right? And yeah. and he actually helps me a lot. My son Camden, he uh, he's definitely unique. He's he's a fun uh, spirit, is, is how I'd phrase Camden. But... He puts me in a perspective where, like, it keeps me from over-pushing, right? Yeah. Because I, I can see that the, it's just not his thing at the moment. And it might be one day. might not. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, I mean, look at Malcolm and James. Malcolm did his own thing. Malcolm never wanted no. to. Look at, look at Tomac and his brother. That yeah. That's a that's yeah. a big perspective that's there. A good one. So, you know, Tomac is a full-blown, you yeah. know, race business. You know, it doesn't matter. And then his brother's in the Air Force. Yeah. You know, he's a pilot. And that's a that's one of the, the biggest comparisons that I can I can think of. And our oldest is extremely into racing. You know. He sits he sits down with a pen and paper and writes down all their numbers, all their names during a supercross race. And he's in it in a different perspective. It's and just different. That's right? fine. And every you know? kid's gonna pick their path. Yeah. yeah. So he might be in our shoes right here at some point in life that maybe he just wants to be a commentator for the races. Maybe he wants to be in the management part of it. And, you know, he he can't ride it, but he I, can talk about I it. I loved mechanicking, you know, for people yeah. And, yeah. and doing that side of stuff. And that was a lot of fun. But how um, do you share that? So, like, I, I see, I come from the world of tennis. Yeah. And you did not want to be a tennis parent. It's kind of like being a soccer mom. You didn't want to be that because... My mom was a tennis player. I was so thankful that my daughter went into something. She did gymnastics at a high level, and she got into horses. And her level of expertise is far beyond anything that I know, which was awesome because all I could do was be dad and discipline as a daughter-dad relationship attitude. I couldn't – I didn't know if she was on the right diagonal. I still don't know if she's on the right diagonal. I do understand lead changes and all the stuff Mm -hmm. that I've learned it. You are in this sport where you see other parents. You're judged by how you act with your kid. You are as well. But you also look at other parents. How do you guide that positively? Because you don't want a kid to hate it. I I think it's really cool because a lot of us all help each other, right? Yeah. Like, you're not just alone. And, like, you kind of find your click. Like, we're really lucky. We train at um, Ranch 54 uh, a bunch. And... You know, we're around like-minded parents, you know, that are all looking to progress. 
and all seeing things in our kids that sometimes we may not see or we see and we can't get it through. Um, it's a balancing act, right? And you just got to figure your way through. And your path may be different than their path. Yeah. And we're, we're the same way. We're trying, right now, we're in that stage where our kids are making friends. They've made friends with Declan. They're, you know, they, they made friends with um, Raina. And we've found, we, we strive to look for the people that are like-minded like us. Because there, there's a few parents there that are pushing their kids so hard that you can... I have listened to the kids and say, I don't want to ride, you know, at that track. And they say, get your ass on that bike. Yeah. And you don't want, I don't want to be that. I don't ever I'm, want to be that. I'm big about surrounding my kid with good kids, yeah. right? And that's how you're successful. It's just raising good humans, man. It's, it's just like the business it's simple. World. Yeah. And, and you find your people and you kind of stick with it and you help everybody that you can, do what you can. How do you, how do you and I'll ask this and I, I a lot of times I know the answer to these because I came no, from that great. world but how do you make sure it's their dream and not yours? Talking it, that it's, that conversation on the way home from riding yeah it's you know com- and, it's the communication but but you have to ask and truly have an open line of communication and I think that's where sometimes parents get lost right and yeah. you got to push a little bit though right I mean you got to correct push a little bit. <laughs> I would be lying if I didn't say that I didn't push my boy. Yeah, you know, so we, I, I'm, I, I, and at times push too much. Yeah, and I'll, right? be, I'll be the first one to say I'll sit on the line, and you know they're lined up at the gate, and that's when we have our talk. You know, it it might be pushy on the line, but it works. So if you're not pushing it all day long to the point that they don't want to do it, you know, save it for when they're save it for when they're in that that mentality. When when they're not racing, they're they're being kids. They're playing in the sand pit at Dade City. They're they're not thinking about racing at with that point. the kid in their class. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you ask my boy what fun is, winning is fun. Yeah, right. When you ask how you did and you say, "Oh, we got third. So I ask you how you did and you got first. You're like, "Dude, we won!" Yeah. You know, and you're excited to talk about that. Yeah. Chip and, Ganassi also says winning is fun too. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good at his yeah. job. <laughs> it's the spotlight, but like I said, when when they're off the bike they're they're being kids you know they're they don't have the mentality that we have where we're working on the bikes or working on somebody else's bike the whole time they're off the bike but you know they're acting like kids so that's how i've been trying to if i want to push anything i push it on the line because that's when they're ready to ride you know they're thinking about riding at that point and everything you say is sinking in then because if you're trying to push it when they're trying to be a kid then you're 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 pushing them the pushing that you're doing is pushing them away. And sometimes, like, uh, this is the hard part about being a moto parent, is uh, certain kids, you can take the Cicerettis, for example, right? Ryan doesn't need the push. Alex does, Correct. right? And their parents know that that kid needs to be pushed and be told that he needs to go. And for you that don't know, like, the they're two different riders, and the one is just... They're brothers, yeah. and they're both phenomenal riders. Yeah. Have so much talent, but they're totally different on how they need to be handled, right? Yep. One doesn't need to be yelled at. One may need it every now and again. One can right? figure it all out, you know. And, and it doesn't make one way right or wrong. It's just what works for that child, right? And Alex, um, their dad, has done a phenomenal job. They are working so hard. I really think they're going to come home with some titles from Loretta's this year. Yeah. Um, really looking forward to them. Ryan's faced some adversity here lately. He got hurt. Um, 
a little bit, um, but they've been putting in the work, you know, and and just little minor scuffs. But he, uh, I really think that 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 Ryan boy's got got some really big potential, you um, know, for the long term. I'm gonna finish with this question for my interview part because I, I have I I love this aspect of it. That's I come from the coaching world, so yep. like I love delving into stuff. Um, four years from now, five years from now, both kids. Six years from now, they're going to teenage years. You're in it. You're in it. And they look at you and say, "Hey, I'd like to go play soccer." So I'm going to start on this. <laughs> we we had this conversation, um, Kevin and I. Whether they want this or not, they're going to have their opportunity. So they want it right now. I'm going to give him every chance he's got to. We we've already TV. done this. Yeah. Right. My boy raced BMX from two and a half till five and a half, right? We were all in, right? And then he said, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, what do you want to do? We went and played baseball at the beginning of last year, right? Picked up the dirt bike a little bit here and there, but we were in baseball mode and then started moto and then he made the choice. Do you want to go back and play baseball this season or do you want to just focus on moto? I want, I want to focus on moto, right? It's pretty easy as long as you listen. But you have to listen. Yeah, yeah, don't. And like don't push what they don't want. As parents, you can shut them down from talking as well. Cuz there's a sunk cost. You get deep into this, there's a Ooh. sunk cost that you ain't getting back. No, no, but from my aspect and we've talked before where it's money well spent. I could have been there and because of not having what my kids have, I didn't get there. So, same. Let's facing that adversity and and you know, in my young life that I will give them that opportunity no matter what. If he says next year I want to play baseball, you know, I don't want to race anymore. Well, we spent that money and we have pictures, we have memories. You know, yeah. All of it. It's the the family time alone just the moto family the the camping out there every weekend the, the our kids remember that and and you now have a bigger family because that's what they all turn out yeah to be. we yeah. spend that much time with one another that they become family i i'll text him about random stuff you know you text danny called me today about some random stuff it's just same you've only i've only known these guys a couple months but it doesn't all, matter. All the way from motocross stuff to business stuff to, you know, emotional stuff, right? Like, it, you become like family. Is this the <clears throat> is this the common answer? Is this this is the answer mm. we all hope for? Is this Correct. the common answer or is this the I want to say common answer? I want to say no. Yeah, it's not. I I don't know how much it's common because I truly feel like I coach differently than some of the parents. Whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, you talk about the Keylons, right? There is a reason that family has that legacy. Yeah, they're stern in their beliefs, and and they're a racing family, and they're successful at it because of what they do, right? And that's something to key in on, right? And like when those guys talk about that stuff, I pay attention, you know. And and there's so much little tiny bits of knowledge. Chris Hancock that that owns um, Ranch Fifty Four. You know, his, um, Dalton Myers, um, was the fastest kid I've ever seen on a Cobra, ever, period. Like, 
he was just unbelievably talented and Chris got him there and he knows things that he can unlock in kids that's the reason why they're they've got um, two kids riding racing and and riding and they've got another little one gonna come up and they're all super successful super early on why is that it's keys to this and unlocking those things something that I do different Um, we went and ran a bunch of FTR hair scrambles this year why because I think you learn things in the woods that you won't learn on the motocross track necessarily. Yeah, ask Derek how those hair scrambles go. <laughs> did all right. You know, he might like the woods racing better than yeah. moto, and it's not up to me to decide. It's up for him to decide. But if I make all the choices for him, he never got a choice, yeah. right? So yeah. that's a little bit of a different perspective than a lot of moto parents because yeah. most moto parents, once you're in, and it's because of the money investment, right? You can't. You can't go into this sport with nothing, right? Like, you, you'll you yeah. never make it, unfortunately. And it's a very intensive... It's very similar to horseback riding there. Yeah. It's the only sport that compares to horseback riding, in my opinion, because um, uh, the investment. You know, in horses, you need 10 acres, a truck, and a trailer. In moto, you need a fleet of motorcycles and a RV and, and a ton of race gas, you know, yeah. and tires. Well, it's it's really interesting. Before we finish, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, it was we'd a blast. love we'd love to have you back. Yeah, um, man, anytime. We'd love to do a remote sometime somewhere. We yeah. can do it. Sit down and talk about while kids are riding. Give us a little background on on your business because we do. That's one of our things is we like to support the businesses. So, um, yeah, tell, tell us about yourself. It's a little unique business. Um, I'm a third generation farrier. My dad, Kenny Mead, is from Hudson and still is a. A farrier today, still working full time. Um, uh, I'm really blessed um, that um, I went to every continuing education clinic my dad ever went to as a child. Um, and I was the weirdo kid that didn't just run off and play. I listened at a lot of them. And um, my dad has done like a lot of high end veterinary work um, in a number of different vet hospitals. And I got to see a lot of that. Um, so it allowed me to progress um, as I started doing this as an adult for a living um, a lot faster than the average person. Um, but, yeah, it's a little, you could call it niche business, but um, there's a lot of us. Um, the horse industry in Florida is booming. This is like almost the horse capital of the world. Um you know, I mostly do hunter jumper and dressage, like sport horses. Um, but you know, there's always the occasional trail ride horse or whatever um, filled in. But I'm kind of a per- performance based um, horseshoer. Um, do you like the gel pads and everything? And yeah, and most of hot shoeing. Yeah, all hot shoeing. Um, forge. You know, I'm standing in front of a 2500 degree forge every yeah. day. Um, banging on metal. For those who don't know, they literally turn on a fire, and like you see the old blacksmiths, that's what Kevin's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For his job. And where I try to to be, I don't know, necessarily different, but um, I try to use ground force reaction stuff um, in my business a lot, and all of that comes through the talent and skill in forging metal. Um, I can put small bends or adjustments in the shoes. Um, if you bend a branch uh, an eighth of an inch different or widen it, 
um, it can completely change how a horse moves in a straight line. Um, so I'm searching for that little extra 10% that allows my clients to take their horses and perform to their highest level possible. Um, it's super fun. It's super challenging every day. It's, um, you know, it's something that you're always looking for what you can do better. Um, and it get, we do every horse every five weeks. So you get another chance at it five weeks from now, right? But your environment changed and, and the weather changed and, and what they're doing with the horse changed. So it's constantly um, searching for that 10%, um, you know, and working on super high-end horses, you know, worth more than our houses, um, you know, and trying Maybe to... like wearing chaps every day. <laughs> At least I wear pants under mine. <laughs> but I do make my living bent over. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. It's it's a hard job, but I always say it's hard, honest work, right? There's, yeah. a, you know, it's it's just work, you know. And, and as a as a motocross racer, I'm not a, opposed to work, right? I just put my head down and go to work every day. Um, really fortunate that that gets to provide a living for my family. Um, it's been really challenging to manage my time off to be able to get my son on the bike. Um, that's probably my hardest battle in life is just trying to balance making enough money, making sure all my clients are taken care of, putting food on the table, but then trying to find and manage how much do I work to be able to take him to the track and getting him on the bike. And we all know that you're only successful if you can get the kid on the bike consistently and and that's a balance right and like um you know he's only seven but we've had those talks of like look buddy there's there's certain things that we can and we can't do and we just have to pick and choose what works best at the right time and just like i have trust in him um he has trust in me and um working at trying to um make the best decisions for him and he trusts us to make the uh, some of those for him um you know and sometimes we won't get to go to that race and sometimes we will and that's part of um i think the moto aspect that most moto kids get um you know and it's valuable since you deal with a lot of the hunter jumpers in the dressage world do you see a lot of correlation between the two sports between the horse hunter jumper world and the motocross world that they're very similar very similar um i'm also a, a skydiver right and it's funny because um the indoor skydiving places that they have now um they teach people how to fly um vertically so like sitting up like you would sit in a chair and it's exactly like riding a horse in the saddle so i you they all now use that um tidbit to um coach their students so it's, let's see you you shoe horses for a living. Yeah, you, you're on a dirt bike and you skydive. Do you play piano or guitar or anything? Anything <laughs> anything I, anything not life threatening. I was a competitive shooter. Um, I shot three gun competitively. It was like okay. the top fifty in the nation. Okay, so I just, just trying to well. find out like you know like hey I'd like to sit down and have a nice chardonnay or something. No, the, the, we're talking like you're straight PBR uh, and it's on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if no, if I didn't have kids. Man. You wouldn't think I ever went home. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But I want to I wanna thank you for joining us. And, and yeah, thank you for having me. I know me. Derek wanted to have you on because you, you, 
you have the peewee lifestyle and and the fact that there was a, a correlation between the horse life which for sure we, we have fit. a barn and and yeah. my daughter's been in this for uh, she's she's so talented she does the three-day eventing but which she, i do a little bit of but she also can ride all disciplines coach yep. all disciplines you um, have to in order to be yeah, a good and, event rider and she's it's just her it's just her thing it's it's as you guys talked about your kid and we had to go the opposite direction of hey let's take some time off we had to pull away versus pushing there was no pushing we own a barn we so we would be at the barn at 10 30 at night we had lights in our arena and it was like can we please go home i've shot horses at two in the morning yeah you know and it's it's just part of it yeah so you, know, you got to get it done there's very few sports in the world um, that teach kids good work ethic. Motocross and horses are two of those. Mm-hmm. But horses more so than moto because it's two hours of work for 30 minutes of fun every time they get on the horse. And I, I tell parents, you know, a lot of parents get to that kind of 15, 16-year-old range, teenager, you know, doing teenager things, right? And... They're tired of spending all the money, right? And I tell them, I'm like, just weather the storm because this is what's going to teach your kid to be productive in life. And it's the same thing in moto, you know, and they may not be working on certain things specifically, but, like, my dad made me rebuild all our top ends and do all that stuff and do air filters and all of that. Like, it's the same thing. It's just different, right? And showing your kid, I think that's where I like the the single athlete sports better is because it teaches you those things yeah. and and really shows you a different aspect than the team sport and somebody else picking up your yep. your shortcomings right you're held accountable well we appreciate you making the drive Derek you and I I guess we're going to try to get the wives in next week yeah we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes <laughs> we uh we got one round left we should of, have had your wife on of supercross that would have been fun and I, I'm looking for the excitement what are we looking for next week? I really don't. I really don't know. I mean, we've we've kind of hit the excitement of the season, and it, I I think at this point, honestly, we're we're just going to start gearing towards what we've intended on gearing towards the entire time. You know, I think we're briefly going to hit the race, but our our aspect, or our goal for this is just amateurs, and nobody gives these kids recognition. And yeah, I mean, we, there's there's so much that happened at Dade City that we could have talked yeah. about yeah. tonight. Like, uh, and it it was so actually a very exciting weekend. There was a lot of good racing. There was a lot of accidents. There, there was a lot that nobody sheds a light on. So, you know, what's their life like after they they wreck like that? Or, yeah, uh, little Easton Letourneau right beside us took one of the gnarliest hits I've seen in a long time. He was flying through the air like a rag doll on a start. Yeah. You know, and sucked it up and that got was, it done that in, was in his next race, right? Yeah. And then and pushing through that adversity, um Jade Smith was on fire last night. Yeah. That kid was looking awesome. Jay Z Ray put in some good motos. You know, like there's so many um, good rides that you know yeah. could really focus and talk a lot. And no, nobody, nobody ever talks about that stuff. All we hear about is the pros, and you know, we we focus on the pros to get our, I guess to to build our clientele, if you want to say, but to prove that we can do this. But 
our focus is the amateurs. And I mean, you had Florida Motocross Series at Okeechobee last week. Yeah. I force kicking off. You know, there's there's so much that we could talk about yeah. on the yeah. amateur and side. And we're we're actually getting intertwined with a lot of that now. Um, we have a, a guest coming up here soon, and we, you'll know about it when it comes. But um, we're we're getting more involved in the amateur stuff at this point, and I think this is really going to be a nice platform for for the kids that don't get you know the the recognition that they need and to show the like you or like me you too that that what goes into this sport you know it's we race for a few hours but there's a whole lot of work that happens behind the scenes to make this happen so it's going to be fun um next week we'll we'll get the wives on and see their perspective of being moto mom moto wife yeah and they're invaluable well i'm gonna tell yeah. you i would be lost for me mine. my moto wife is my manager my coach my nutritionist now i don't have a moto mom because my moto mom is actually a horse mom <laughs> and that that was you know when they were going to nationals and you send it's crazy in the horse world he'll tell you there's more women that drive trailers my daughter at 16 could back a gooseneck trailer better than most men yep. so these women moto moms horse moms i i will put them up against any moto moms or whatever Dude, i would be lost without mine they go and, through it like yeah. with without mine we, we load the toy hauler up that once we finally get it back but when we do you know she's got the meals ready for the weekend you yeah. know they're that thing's packed ready to go i i do a lot of packing of it you know our stuff but It'll actually be perfect. It'll be Mother's Day Sunday. It'll be a great time to do that. <laughs> we'll celebrate the Supercross champions. My wife kicking my butt in fantasy again. My wife was like... You better pick RJ this weekend. My I'm wife was you, almost... calling it out. He's going to win it. Yep. She almost got a national number last year. I, I had one the year before. Last. Oh, man. She, she, she'll be not happy about that. She, yeah. <laughs> she's not close this year, uh, but she's still I, beating me. I missed a couple because uh, Moto Dad life. You yep. know, and yeah. I just... It's hard. It's so hard. Especially I, to juggle some virtual reality. And it's so much fun, though, playing it. Oh, man, it it's is a blast. So much fun. It's, it's totally changed how I watch yeah. Supercross yeah. and Motocross. Yeah. Um, I bounce stuff like I'll tell, I'll tell Derek, like, yeah, man, I picked this guy. He was a negative. He was a, he was an eight. He's like, eight. I'm like, all I had to do was finish 17th, and I'm golden. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, same with this. We Do you I, play I, in the Idiots League? I have. We were going to play this year, but it's hard because both of us want to play. So we have to double pay for everything yeah. it's the best i look at it as it's a hundred bucks it's 20 rounds you're talking yeah. five bucks a round yeah. you know to add a little spice in it and there's you spend more dumb money on other stuff yeah you know, i burn a hundred dollars on stupider well, stuff i, I watch people yeah. do that in the lottery line every exactly you know, yeah there. and I, how do they do that i don't have an extra dollar to give uh, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous yeah occasionally we'll buy like a 20 dollar ticket or something just just because but then you're like why did i, ever I was that? late getting here today because the three people in front of me one lady, I want uh, what 17, what, 32, no, no. 52, what 16. What number? We're on, we're on number three on this one. Oh, no, I want a three. Okay. I'm like, dude, it's all chance. Like, just <laughs> it's pick a Like, it's, it's just randomness. But, but on the side note, thank you very much. Um, um, can I can I thank a few sponsors? Yeah, please. Yeah, please. Right. Do whatever um, you got to do. I, I've been fortunate enough to have a handful of people step up on board to help Declan this year. Um, big one is Ranch 54 for allowing us to ride out there. Um, Chris, I can't thank them enough. Um, Ryan Sipes has been coaching Declan on Wednesdays a bit and, and really helping us there. Is that also known as Pooh? Yeah. 
Uh, well, no, that's no. his brother. Oh, that's his brother. Justin. That's oh, his brother. Justin oh. Sipes is Pusa. Ryan. Ryan oh, the yeah, rider. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the general. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Well, tell, um, him we, tell him we'd love to have him on. Yeah, we'll do. Um, but Skydive City, um, the drop zone that I jump at in Zephyr Hills, um, came on board and helped me out. Um, Mosley Heating and Air, a big Tampa Bay heating and air company, came on board. And then Pure Polymer Solutions, they do like... Um, uh, lake treatment to like get rid of cloudy and murky water and that type of stuff. Um, Ed's brand goggles. Um, I know I'm forgetting a few, but um, Southern Savage Photography shooting out at Aid City. Um, yeah, they just we couldn't do it without them. Perfect. It's, it's really helped us a lot. Perfect. That's what we want. We want people to come on and promote themselves. We we have two sponsors. We have. Michelle and Trey Real Estate, and we have DBS. Now, we now got JQX um, helping us out here with our signage and stuff. So, again, yeah. a big shout out. We, it's, uh, it's the only way it works. It it really. But we enjoy it, and we're looking we're looking forward to the next few months. And um, once I get my schedule acclimated, I'm I'm going to be the the dude in the little hatchback car coming out and writing reports, and that way I have stuff to talk about and relying on other people and maybe jumping on board having people jump on board and tell us telling us updates like my my nephew told me uh hey you know these guys that race the off-road there's guys that will cover hunter hart he's like i'll cover your ixc series or something for you and i'm so we, we can start just covering the stuff that the normal people are doing and <laughs> giving credit yeah it's it's awesome you know to, to give back um there's um uh, what's his name that sponsors a bunch of the kids at Dade City? Uh, he owns Sting, uh, Stingray Chevrolet. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm terrible God. at names. I don't do so names. So am I. Is it, is, I feel like it's Ray, but it's not. I, I know what you're talking about, yes. But, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but yeah, he, he, he pretty much funds their entire season. Quite a six, dude, and, ten of them, I think. And or something like rode that. four races this weekend. That's eight yeah. motos. He's like 60 years old. Yeah. Wow. He is one of the toughest dudes uh, I've ever met. And he's having a blast. And man. and gives back into the sport, you know, and, and truly making it to where kids can ride. Um, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember your name off the top of my head. Sorry, we'll say Stingray Chevrolet. There's yeah. two. There's, there's yeah. one in Tampa, there's one it's, in Bartow. It's just awesome that, that he's giving back into something that meant so much yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and helping people out, you know, that's that's what makes this world turn. And it's the only way that you can accomplish it. You know, it's such a hard sport to be able to afford every little nook and cranny piece. It's hard. That it takes a village to to make this work, you know. and can't right. do, You can't do it without them. For so, those that are local, we just had round seven. When is round eight? Two weeks. Yep. Uh, we got Mother's Day weekend off, so well, I think we're gonna think we're gonna take a camping minutes. trip and then just us as a family and then dig back into it. Okay, so twentieth. So that was so the twentieth, twenty first. It's the twentieth. Okay, so and if you're if you're not doing anything, go to Date City on May twentieth. Yeah. Watch Pee Wee's. They got pro class. They got old men class. One of my buddies races the thirty five no jump class, and uh, on the twenty first, I'll be doing an enduro in the middle of the woods. And there's no point in come watching that, but I'll talk about that on the 22nd. Yeah. And the 22nd, we have a special guest on. Yeah. So, and look for look for our sign at Dade City if you want to come, stop in, have a chat. I'll I'll be happy to talk Same. with anybody. Same at our. Um, and if we get enough yeah. interest, I will come to a race and we'll do a remote broadcast. You should yeah. anyway. We, well, we, that, don't you have to have permission for that? 
Not uh, there with that part. They're kind of lenient. Um, we're not monetizing. We, it. we we can work on that. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll figure shouldn't, it out. Shouldn't be that hard. Hey, but I'm willing to go. Yeah, I'm willing. We, to go. We'd love to interview some of these kids. And yeah, I really think that, that would go a long way. You know, and and I think something that Dade City incorporated in is the podium interviews and that type of stuff. Yeah, and that's just helping make kids more well-rounded human beings. And I, I kind of um, want to be. Speaking of the the Dade City podium um, interviews, I, we, I'd like to sit down after the podium. You know, like a little press with us sitting there and interview some of these kids that it's hard because like it has to be like the right kid to where they know how to talk right a little bit of prep um but these kids will feed you all kinds of info you know and they all have their own thoughts outside of what we think i just want to ask them what their favorite topping on a cheeseburger is really that's the most important a couple little 30 second talk you know that adds up when you talk to 15 kids and yep and they're they're going to remember every little bit of that yep but that's what we're wanting to do yeah i want to cover the off-road world i want to cover the amateur stuff. it's why i wanted to come over you know i i love the amateur side of racing you know and and the pros are fun, but everybody talks about that. Yeah. And then Amateurs where it all begins. And and there's so much effort put out on the local racing level. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's and it's a blast. I mean, I, my wife and I, we wake up. We woke up two weeks ago at 4.30 in the morning so I could go race a hair scramble that I'm not even racing the series, but I just wanted to go race. I, I don't know how I managed this, but me and my boy are riding all weekend. We're riding the next three days, and then we're yeah. riding all weekend over Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. That's how much my wife supports us. She's taking the little guy to to a show, and then we're going to go ride all day. Sweet. Well, guys, it's two hours and 22 minutes. I'm yeah. going to break off some of these. I'm like, <laughs> We're going to keep everything solid, but I'm going to break off a couple of the segments um, of what we talked about, the amateur stuff. We talked about your business yep. and th- those relations. But, but it was a great, great show. Break it into segments. Don't watch the whole thing at one time. Um, it's like watching the Pulp and Mech show. We're not five hours in, but... Um, it's it's amazing how quickly it can get into but, that depth. Yeah, we're we're glad you guys stuck around for the whole thing. At some if point, you're just going to split it into two separate yeah. versions. Yeah. yeah, but right now it's uh, yeah gaining traction and um, getting getting everybody out there. You know, Thank yeah. you for having me on, guys. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you it for doing us. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, for uh, for Derek Schaefer with DBS Fabrication. I'm Trey Heath with Michelle and Trey Real Estate. This is the Beyond the Curve podcast. We want to thank Kevin for joining us tonight. Kevin Mead, if you need some horses shod, give (laughs) Kevin a call. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Round 16 in the books, round 17, all of the coronations of the champions next weekend. Bye-bye. We'll see you later. See you. (laughs)